0: Creeps podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan, RJ Balog, and we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're living the life of old Italian pensioners and their sweet mm. doggos as we watch spine 201 in the Criterion Collection, Vittorio De Sica's Umberto D
1: from 1952. But first, RJ, yeah, how are you? I'd like to hear you speak Italian some more. <laughs> hey, you know, I got some. I'm doing fine. I got some requests. Uh, remember how uh, and a Patreon goal would have been demands? yeah. To, uh, like sex, to have me... sexual demands. Uh, uh not. I mean, yeah. It's...
0: I don't know. If, I think Patreon might shut us down if that's the case.
1: I no, mean... no, no. What is all that cosplay stuff? Well, I mean, it's.
0: I don't know. You, gotta, you read it up. It's it's pretty depressing stuff.
1: <laughs> what about Patreon? Yeah, you know, Patreon and, workers, and Instagram.
0: Oh yeah, they just go after them. Adult adult film stars, they can't earn an honest buck.
1: They can earn an honest buck over These here, bucks. if you know what I mean.
0: Oh, that's
1: that's some of that uh that Sopranos talk coming out of here. Eee. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. So I I was I've been given some requests uh, to reenact the entirety of Green Book from memory in uh, <laughs> my Italian accent. I think people, uh, someone made a comment once that they were a big fan of it. So uh, if mm-hmm. you're not a big fan, oh, too bad.
0: Skype's not a fan. Skype is what? not a fan.
1: Oh my God. We've been, we've been like, we, we've had like four weeks almost uninterrupted and now it's, it's all going to come back, to, come to a head, hey? Eh?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should update your Skype sometime.
1: I feel like it updates all the time. Like every time I open it, it's like update. I don't know. Maybe not. Fuck it. Okay, how are you? How are you doing?
0: Uh, I'm doing fantastic, RJ. Thank you for
1: asking. Well, there you go. Are you in the Christmas spirit? Uh,
0: no. Yeah, actually, kinda. Because today, RJ, was the last day of classes.
1: Ooh. Oh, man that's pretty nice because now you're going to be like I'm, I'm free and breezy e- easy street so i think the biggest uh benefit to that more than anything else is that it just frees up space right it's not as busy mm-hmm. there's not as many people coughing on you walking oh, by yeah. like <clears throat> no. andrea said at the other the other day some guy turned to cough over <laughs> her shoulder and she was right behind him oh. and he, he just full-on like <clears throat> oh. Oh. <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, animals. I mean, that's good.
1: Fucking animals. Yeah, I know. Everyone is fucking monster. Yep. They're monsters. Well, that's nice that the semester's over. That was always a, a time that I enjoyed when I was there.
0: Yeah, so now it's just the, <sighs> that bit of a long haul to the actual holiday
1: break. Mm-hmm. I think I can do it, though. I can do it. It's only like two weeks, right? Uh, three? Uh, three? Two and change? Two and maybe? change. Th- three weeks. It's oh, three I weeks. guess from this very day. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. interesting.
0: Interesting. So, not too bad. Not too bad. But hey, RJ, what we got our work cut out for us. You know, I was wondering okay. last week it was like kind of a struggle getting to that fourth email or whatever it
1: was. But
0: then uh, yeah. look at this. We're staring down the barrel of six. Whoo!
1: See, we almost. We still got a, only ten. If we get ten, I'll do. I'll read them off. But we're getting closer. <laughs> That's right. All right, we'll hit them. You ready? Okay. First up, Scott Bailey. Uh Ooh, uh, brother of George Bailey?
0: Scott writes, hey, it's George Bailey here. (laughs) So I finally watched Hereditary. It was Uh the second most overrated movie I've seen this year. The other one was Avengers Endgame. Overall, I thought it was more funny than scary. The only parts that mildly creeped me out was the naked guy in the doorway, the mom banging her head on the attic door, and when she was cutting her own head off. (laughs) Spoilers! Ah. whatever Whatever. Uh, i was wondering if you guys in recent memory watched a movie that was opposite of what it was supposed to be it doesn't have to be horror uh
1: i don't know that's kind of hard to say maybe the irishman
0: oh well i guess we'll find out more about that um i mean I, i don't know if uh george scott here uh has mm-hmm. listened to the episode where I finally did watch Hereditary because I had a similar reaction where I didn't know if I was like, I thought it was a comedy. But yeah. then I read so many people say, it's the scariest thing they've ever seen. I don't know. <laughs> and hmm. maybe there's something wrong with me and, and George here.
1: Well, I don't know, though, because you had that reaction. And then the reaction I had, I didn't think it was a comedy. But, they, but the audience the, the audience, the 30 laughed. other people in the theater were laughing like hysterically so i mean i think i think you're on to something bud no bud
0: you got any thoughts so irishman would be yours
1: uh no (laughs) i just kind of threw that out there although i i I think it loosely fits into that category okay um maybe but not in the way that he means i i really don't have any ideas for that. like i can't think of them yeah nothing springs to mind really
0: Mm -hmm. sorry scott (laughs) yes sorry dude we have nothing you wrote in i I don't know (laughs) okay next Uh up colin richards Ooh, first
1: time long time
0: hey there creeps just checking in after a few weeks as all the recent talk of capes inspired me to email back in and finally deliver on my aforementioned patreon donation Slide a little RJ's way since he never gets any money for his hard work editing and doing the bulk of research. It's in true, honor true. of today's episode, just one question for today. Do you have any favorite movies featuring dogs as main characters? I'd personally have to pick the original Lady in the Tramp and Isle of Dogs. Keep it up,
1: y'all. That's a super good question. And I, I think he raises a good point. I mean, I am doing the editing. I am doing the research. I do most of all of the good things. And Many people don't realize this, but you're actually doing
0: both characters.
1: Yeah. There is no Jarrett Duncan. Right. This is this is a fabrication that I created. Um, it's some pretty elaborate editing. Like
0: even this like talking over top of one another, it's like so artfully done, so naturalistic.
1: Well, if you're gonna do it, Jarrett, do it right. No. Uh so I was I've always had a special affinity for turner and hooch because i used to watch that at my grandparents house but i think i mentioned once a while ago that i don't know if i would like that movie anymore because <laughs> i feel like it would really bum me out and another one would be like homeward bound because i used to love that movie as a kid but i don't think i could watch that anymore like knowing all the things about the alleged dogs that were just sent to their doom over a waterfall That's and Milo and Otis. Like not homeward bound
0: no milo notice okay.
1: Okay, well, I'll,
0: I'll say... That's that's the snuff film. Okay,
1: well, see, I, I'm confused because I went to Homeward Bound's page, and the poster is the two dogs and the cat on a log going down a river also. So this one probably has a similar scene in it, maybe. Mm. My point is... Yeah. Both of those movies I liked a lot, but I don't know if I could watch them anymore. Have you yeah. ever seen Homeward Bound? Ah, uh, I think I'm... I don't know. I don't think I did. Two Dogs and a Cat? Yeah. Canada, I, I think I, saw, I
0: think I saw the original, like from mm-hmm. whatever it was the '60s. Yeah, but and that was like on
1: Disney Channel or something like that. Mm. Uh, Ooh, you know what's another good one? Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> what What about you? Do you uh, got any Charles well, Grodin uh, favorite films? You know what? Uh, probably
0: real life. <laughs> He's a dog, right? In what? In life,
1: like he was actually a dog. Charles Grodin. Yeah. I mean, oh, do you mean sexually or in what sense? whoa, r j just why too too
0: much, too much. no, uh oh, okay, uh, no, in real life, he's good. but as far as these these movies about dogs, mm. uh, I mean, a boy and his dog I quite enjoy that is
1: that uh, is that the fallout style movie? It is, okay,
0: yeah, that one's decent. Uh, hmm, I'm just looking at a list, getting some mm-hmm. thoughts. there's uh oh God. Hmm, does The Thing count?
1: Sure, I mean, if you want. Uh. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's your I, answer, yeah. is The Thing?
0: I could go with on uh, Shen Andalou, but uh, I don't think there's really a dog in that movie.
1: Did you know David Duchovny and Stanley Tucci are both in Beethoven also? Sounds right. I, I, what, I, I accept your, your claim. What about I Am Legend and uh, John Wick, the dog movie? No? Didn't get any of that? Nope. <laughs> what about Frank and Weenie?
0: I've, I've, I've only seen the original short film.
1: Oh, it's not bad. I liked Frank and Weenie. And
0: yeah, Isle of Dogs is good stuff. RJ.
1: I know. I put it off. <laughs> and that's it.
0: Yeah, damn, fool.
1: There's no follow
0: up to that. I put it off. Thank you, Colin. And <laughs> uh, he did uh, get to watch Capes. I saw that. A lot of people are watching this Capes movie. They are. Mm. Justin Peterson. Oh baby, friend and of the show. Right the goat is back. Uh oh. <laughs> hey Jared and RJ, what's happening? And I hope you're having a great start to the holiday season. Taking mm-hmm. gremlins mm-hmm. out of the conversation, I don't think I've seen any Christmas horror movies. What are your top three that I should watch ASAP?
2: Hmm. Ooh. Not
0: Krampus. <laughs> uh, I thought Krampus was. Yeah, yeah, I know that was an RJ. Like, that was an RJ pick too, RJ. And oh, uh, not, are you are you oh. leading
1: towards something here? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, Bud. Bud, like my, my good friend, good close personal friend. Uh, let me look at. I think I. My, my tagging is scattered, so I can't yeah. see. I think yeah. some of them are tagged as Christmas and some of them are tagged as Crustmas.
0: Yeah. For some cause, reason. Because that's what you do. You make life harder for yourself. So, X Mass. Well, uh, mm. Black Christmas. Yeah. The original, not the remake or the new remake. That's just yeah. horse shit. Uh, R- Rare exports, I like. That's a, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, kind of a horror fantasy. It's gremlins ish. I would definitely, I think uh, Justin would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And Rabid is technically a Christmas movie because even though it could take which place, one, uh, the the Cronenberg Rabid,
1: not the Sus- Suska sisters. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not sure, I haven't seen that one, cannot confirm. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: let's see here.
0: Uh, you know, you know, The Brain, remember The Brain, RJ? Oh, yeah, that's a Christmas yeah, I know The Brain, that's a Christmas movie.
1: Hey, why don't you watch The Brain? Well, I don't Oof. know if you would like The Brain, but uh,
0: Ooh. and so, okay, th- okay, this isn't a horror movie, but um dial code Santa Claus aka Deadly Games it is that movie's fantastic and i think the draft house film chain the the theater houses are showing that right now with mm-hmm. the american genre film archive that movie's really neat and uh, yeah. I, I think i think justin i have no idea if there's anything like that in the carolinas but that movie, if he gets a chance to see it in theater, he should. Because it's not on a, uh, a real Region 1 Blu-ray or anything like that yet. I think there was like a mm-hmm. Region B or Region 2 uh, Blu-ray from Europe, maybe. Or maybe it was Region 3. Anyway, it's around. That movie's cool. Uh, and for horror, third one, well, I would definitely recommend, and I think RJ also would, All the Creatures Were Stirring released <sighs> last year. The worst movie I saw last year, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. but uh,
1: Silent, Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night, I think is a it's a good time. Sure, yeah, I would go with that too. I, I would not recommend watching All the Creatures We're Stirring. No, um, no. I think I think uh, you and me both. I think I don't know. I may have given it a half a star, but I think you even gave it like one star. One big juicy star allegedly Jaws. The revenge is a Christmas horror movie. Oh, okay. So, okay. You could go with that. So now we got
0: our goat movie question of the week. Uh Oh, I've been on a bit of a Jim Carrey rewatch kick lately. (sighs) So what are your favorite movies of his? Do you think his over the top style still holds up? I am thinking the mask is my favorite, but it's been forever since I've seen it. I am guessing one of RG's picks will be eternal sunshine. And I was hoping that he would recap why that is one of his favorites. And finally, uh, last week, Jarrett mentioned Patreon subscribers could get a copy of Capes and is an ongoing donor. I wanted to see if I qualify to get that perk. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yes, Justin, and he has now since received the link. And speaking Uh. of amateur films, do you guys know of YouTube movie reviewer Chris Stuckman? I was curious to hear your thoughts on his short film that he recently put on YouTube. And he sent us a link, which I guess we'll have to watch some other time. Thanks for the Mm -hmm. time and have a great show. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, uh Justin. So, Jim Carrey talk. Boy. Do you, do you want me to take this? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like I that Jim Carrey. Oh, his, okay, his... well, why don't you lead off then? Well, I mean, yeah. I remember thinking everything he did was wonderful, amazing. Mm-hmm. The Ace Venturas, The Masks. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I would probably focus on the three movies, I guess four. Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, is just has such a special place in my heart, in all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eternal Sunshine is mm-hmm. is is a really great movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Man on the Moon, I, I it's got some flaws, but I still really really like that movie. Yep. And I'm missing one. What is what am I missing? Truman Show.
1: Truman Show. You, you, there there good. No, I, I was thinking yeah.
0: that, but then I jumped it. I don't, yeah,
1: Truman Show. Mm-hmm.
0: So there's your like. I mean, that's a pretty good track record. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of actors have that. He's got a lot of crap. Don't get me wrong.
1: He he does, but I actually think it's the right kind of crap. Like, the I, The right I don't... kind of crap. <laughs> I think I've mentioned many times that uh, I tried to model myself in the image of Jim Carrey as a yeah, little kid. Yeah. Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, Dumb and Dumber, even the Grinch, man. Oh. I, w- I was taking it all in and just using it and forming – a fabricated version of myself. This is Me, jump, my,
0: this is jumping what? the gun a little bit, actually, but I did see some uh, some news piece about how uh, the the Jim Carrey Grinch stole Christmas movie apparently came off of Netflix in the UK at least for okay. December, and of course people were were real chuffed about it.
1: They always do that, though. They always take things off like right before they're uh, they're going to the, like
0: the appropriate seasonal time to yeah. watch those types of movies.
1: Well, because I can't remember, I think it was uh, last July, they took off, like, uh, Born on the 4th of July, yeah. like, two days before, and I was like, what the fuck?
0: Because it was the end of June, <laughs> it came off.
1: Yeah, and they're like, we're going to take it off, no one's going to want to watch this in four days. Um, <clears throat> well, that's weird. But anyways, I even like all that fluff, and, like, I mean, who doesn't like the mask, Jared? You got to admit, when you were a little kid, you probably thought the mask was
0: wicked. Oh, I did. I thought it was incredible. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then, then I got turned on to those mask comics that uh, John John Arcudi, the the man behind the BPRD comics that you haven't read yet, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Doug Mankey drawing that shit so good. I know Doug Mankey. I don't know if like they're uh, high art, but man, those are those are still
1: pretty good looking comics. Oh, top of the line, and the movie too, top of the line. Uh, but I, <laughs> I agree with you uh, completely. The only other thing is I throw Ace Ventura's up there because I think those movies are pretty, pretty amazing, uh, especially that Rhino scene. Would you call them, Ventura? Would you, would
0: you, would you describe them as sublime?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. They are. Uh, I think they revolutionized cinema when mm. they came out. It's pretty hot in these rhinos, Jared. Mm. I, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not. People are gonna think I'm, I'm full shit. I was talking about that. I would rhino never think that. I would never today. think that RJ. I was talking about it today. Hmm. Cause there was a class I was at and they were showing a live human birth. And they're like, <laughs> "Ew!" And I was like, you know what I would have did. I was like, I would have just showed that scene from Ace Ventura too, where he comes out of the Rhino. And the guy I was talking to was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Dumb and dumber, all time banger man on the moon. I always really liked man on the moon. Just, I think, Partially because I like Jim Carrey so much, Truman Show is, uh, I would say, about as close to a perfect movie as you can get. Almost that movie's pretty amazing, and uh, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, I I decline his request for me to talk about what I feel about this movie. I'll reserve it for when it's added to the Criterion Collection. Uh, Spine um, one thousand. I'm sh- I think.
0: Okay. Well.
1: Yep. It's it's just that good, man. It's got yeah. it all.
0: The new the, the new one thousand.
1: Yeah, the new 1,000. The yeah. alternative crew. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Next up,
1: uh, Jackson. Act- with, Actium with, Jackson with, with an
0: email entitled, Long Movies. Mm. Hey, creeps. This weekend, I was privileged enough to see the new restoration of the seven-hour Satan Tango. This got me wondering, what are some of the longest films that you've seen that had a profound effect on you, whether it be extreme frustration, magnificent revelation, or anything in between? Keep up the good work, Axiom Jackson Maximus. Nice. RJ, have you watched long
1: movies? I mean, I've seen some long movies, man. I've seen some movies that felt extremely long. A lot of them were in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. I'm
0: looking it up right now. What is the longest movie I've ever seen?
1: Can can you do such a thing?
0: Yes, you can.
1: Okay, well, I'll have to do that also. Here, I can buy time. Hey, okay. you ever so seen that? So a lot of a lot of, these, a lot of these are TV oh. shows. Yeah.
0: So uh, those don't
1: count. A lot of these are miniseries. Yeah. These are.
0: No, 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 no. Yeah, I see the kingdom. The kingdom's great, but doesn't count. Uh, I guess lasagna cat. I mean. <laughs> That's pretty good. Telephone
1: sex survey results like that. That you, was uh,
0: that's a that's an all time banger. I mean, you only have to watch the last ten minutes, but
1: ten minutes. Yeah. Do you want to hear what my longest movie, coming in at four thousand three hundred and twenty minutes, is? What's that? It's got your buddy Shia LaBeouf in it. All my movies. His art project where he live streamed all kidding. his movies. You
0: didn't watch that, all that. I watched. Some um, of it. So one of the wor- the work. Okay, one of the worst th- things that I've seen, like a bit of, um, that actually kind of uh, sped up my loss of love for contemporary art was the uh, Christian Marclay uh, art project, The Clock, that came out in okay. 2010. It's a 24-hour film, and what what he did, what he got assistance to do, is mm-hmm. essentially make a supercut of people looking at the cl- uh, clocks in movies over the course of 24 okay. hours so at the top of the hour someone's looking at their clock and it's like th- that time and it's mm-hmm. all in sync and it plays out in perfect time for 24 okay. hours i i hate this thing so much cuz it's like people are doing this all the time it doesn't, need, it doesn't need to be a special place. People come in, they sit on couches, and they look at it, and they go, "Wow, this is really profound." And I, it just makes me mad because I'm like, you know what? I've yep. watched some amazing supercuts on YouTube by like Joe Blow's that are mm-hmm. who do it themselves, and those are far more impactful than this thing, which only I even think about because I logged it on my uh, on my letterbox. So, are you
1: happy with the decisions you made?
0: That was a bad one. That was a bad one. Uh but there's good mm-hmm. ones, I'm sure here. Let's take a look. Uh I don't I don't recall if I've, mm, Hamlet. That Hamlet? No. Ooh, lo- so, you know what's great? Love Exposure. Have I talked... I, I don't I, know what that is. I need to make you watch that movie, RJ, cuz I think Why? you would really like the movie. Actually, cuz most people What's it about? Oh, it's about everything and nothing. It's a Sion Sono movie from 2008. It is mm-hmm. 4 hours long. It's basically just mm-hmm. watch it's like binge watching a TV show, but it's all one story. Uh okay. it's about a young man who's trying to get his girlfriend back from a cult. No, and and, hmm. and RJ, he's also, I believe I, I don't want to mess up his title, but he's also the king of the perverts because he is I thought ma- that was he, you. Is, he is a master of the upskirt shot.
1: Again, I thought that was you. But Someone took your title, dude? The,
0: I know. It's a whole movie. I have uh, mm. There was a period of time where I was kind of uh, turning people onto this movie after <laughs> I first started getting into Sion Sona's movies, and uh, mm-hmm. everyone seems to be like, yeah, I want to watch this, again, I think, again. But they don't because it's also four hours long. But, yeah, that movie's uh one of the more fascinating movies. You could watch it all at once, but it's very, like, episodic, too. Like, it's got natural breaks to it. It's kind of it feels like a rest of development. If that sells you on it at yeah. all, but very, very. So wait, how
1: very, long did you say it was? It's
0: four hours. It's a four-hour movie. Oh, that's easy.
1: Yeah, I, I knocked that yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you. It seems like toilet. you've got
0: a lot of time on your hands. Mm-hmm.
1: I might have even more soon.
0: Uh, Heaven's Gate. Hey, pretty. I got great. an but answer yeah, for you. I've, I've never seen uh, a seven-hour movie though, and uh, I know that same time. That's really cool. I'm glad. That's cool that Jackson got to see that because I know there's the restoration kicking around. It'll be. I'll be seeing it on you know Blu-ray or 4K when it does get released, but.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that Santan Tango in the uh, Criterion Collection? It it
0: sure isn't. There was no Bellatar
1: in the Criterion Collection.
0: I think they want that. They want those movies, but they haven't been able to get them.
1: I got a lot of TV shows in mind, but I think this one actually qualifies as a real movie. It's 382 Minutes, Jesus of Nazareth from 1977 by Franco Zeffirelli. Whoa. That's a pretty long movie, huh? Yeah, it's pretty long. Uh, What is 380 Minutes? Let's do some mental math, Jarrett. Let's do some. I'm not pulling up my calculator. I'm just going to do mental math because that's what adults do. Right. Uh, six and a half hours.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, uh, and it came up in conversation, as a matter of fact, this week. Uh, the, the film by uh, Peter Watkins, The La Commune, which is six hours long, but I've only managed to watch the first half. And that was over 10 years ago.
1: Did it, does it have to be one sitting or can it be spaced out?
0: I feel like if you're in it to win it, you got to do it all at once. Oh, does the Irishman count for uh, this
1: long movie record hold?
0: I don't know. You're, you're going to have to tell me since you're the only one who saw it between the two of us. Okay. 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 Next. Next. Thank you, oh. Jackson. Sam mm-hmm. Sanchez. Vinegar Cold Syndrome. Bait. Oh, I was hoping. I was hoping for this. Hey again, guys. Just writing in last minute, I hope. You got it. You got it. Mm -hmm. With Mm -hmm. not much more, other than. Just to discuss a little bit of the Black Friday Vinegar Syndrome sale. I actually forgot to mention there it last go. week, and Jared asked if I was a subscriber, which I actually am not. But I probably should have been, just since I bought a large majority of this year's releases. Had a relatively small order this sale, then the Memorial Day one, Memorial Day one, but still spent a decent amount. I pre-ordered the November bundle with the Tammy and the T Rex 4K release, so I'll be getting everything that was in that, along with the nice. two Vinegar Syndrome archive releases, the new, the four new slip releases, just the slips. Already own christmas evil luther the greek pigs and telephone book and then tacked mm-hmm. on the herschel gordon lewis release as well as massage parlor murders and that's about it i believe that's all i normally don't care about slipcovers ever but the vinegar syndrome ones are pretty nice so paying an extra six bucks didn't seem too bad they are very nice did you pick up anything Jarrett? potentially order something for rj for christmas maybe nine Lives mm-hmm. of a wet pussy or let oh. my puppets come. RJ needs to review huh. some vinegar syndrome material. Sadly, Sam, mm. I did not place an order. I, uh, I because of exchange I ex- or what? I exercised some restraint. I, <gasps> I just um how? I just by not like I was I was starting to fill up like an order, started filling up that cart, and then I was just like, oh man, I'm already at $150. I can't pick and choose this stuff. Oh nah it'll be around in the future. I don't I mm-hmm. those slipcases are super nice, but the premium that you're paying for them and they're, there's just like that pressure if you have to if you don't order them immediately, they're gone. And that's what happened to mm-hmm. uh Spookies, which uh I Spookies? thought of Spookies. It's got farting mummies in it. That movie's not I've seen Spookies. Yeah, it's not that it's not a great movie, but it's kind of cool that mm-hmm. it's coming out on Blu-ray. Um, and it also had this uh really nice uh slipcover art uh, that's based using the Richard Corbin artwork that i've always liked mm-hmm. i slept on it then within a day it was already sold out and i was like so it goes and that made it a lot easier to skip out on it and then there's like mm-hmm. uh severin did their sale and they had uh blood on the devil's claw and it was like they're keep saying it's only available for black friday weekend and i was like no i'm not gonna buy into this anymore i i I'm getting annoyed by the boutique labels kind of uh, working their audiences and squeezing every dime they can out of us. I just like, it's easier Mm. enough to, this is the danger that they're playing is that people's time is limited. And uh, this idea, like, I mean, obviously they're selling out, so it's working for them. But for me, it's turned me off just a little
1: bit. I find that shocking since I know, you were right? the one who brought it up. I know.
0: I, I was all gung-ho for it and then the day comes, the big moment. I sit down, I've, I'm looking at this and I go, "I'm okay. i mm-hmm. I'm fine well, with
1: it. I'm fine without this." I think it's kind of I've said before, but I have the same kind of opinion about this podcast. Mm. Like maybe one day we'll sit down and neither of us will open Skype and just never talk to like never talk to the other person. Ben Affleck style. Right. You think that's ever going to happen? I don't know. Hmm, then well, we'll see. Yeah. I I have nothing to add on that because uh I am not a vinegar syndromer. Not that, that, uh, that whatever uh, he rec- nine lives whatever.
0: of wet pussy doesn't uh float your boat.
1: I I mean it doesn't necessarily sound like something I'd be super into, but I'm open. I'm open. Okay.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. Finally. Finally, Frank Solano Picking up the pace. The terror and five plus five plus five equals fifteen motherfucking stars. Hey there, what? creeps. Hope you've had a good to moderate week last week. <laughs> yeah, moderate. <laughs> Very moderate. If if not mm-hmm. great. Oh well shit. Maybe it was great. <laughs> Weather's been a little fucked up down here, so I'll assume that it's a disaster on your end, meaning typical. Mm-hmm. Eh. It did. St- it was. It, it, it dumped pretty good last week, but uh, it's mm-hmm. it's clearing up. It's just a little slippery. You got to watch your step. Mm-hmm. As of late, you may have noticed that I've had a sudden burst of movie watching, with many logs on my letterbox this past week. What's happened is that I've decided to quit lollygagging and to start chipping away at the 70 or so movies that I owned but haven't seen yet considering I'm leaving for Costa Rica on vacation. It's amazing how one's collecting habits can get in the way of enjoying the very products you've begun to accumulate. You're telling me. So, this made me wonder, Mm -hmm. do you fellas have any films on DVD or Blu-ray that you know for a fact have sat around and collected dust for longer than they should have? For Jarrett, I know there will be multiple choices, but whatever comes to your head first is fine as an answer. Um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me uh let me take a look. I have a list of unwatched films that, okay. I, that I do keep up and I can probably cherry pick. There's probably like a DVD that I bought from a video store that went out of business and I mm-hmm. just I continued to have it and I've just never watched it. Actually, uh, some of the things would be l- latter Day Adam egoyan movies. Those I O R J. You don't know our Canada's own Adam Atom Egoyan.
1: I mean, that sounds kind of like a made-up name, so I, I, I feel I, like you can That's fair. That. That's yeah. Fair.
0: That,
1: that sounds pretty made up. Yeah. I mean, who called, who,
0: oh. who's got a cool name? That's like Atom, A T O M. That's
1: Adam Goyen. Atom yeah, Goyan? Oh, nana. RJ.
0: So that's a guy. No, no, no. I think you'd like some of his movies too. So his latter day right. stuff, I've never watched. Uh oh, it's doing a skim. I know I've got. Uh, I mean, this isn't old, but all is lost with Robert Redford. I've been meaning to watch mm. that Castaway. I've got that, but Blu Ray still to watch RJ. I know you were. Uh, you should uh, watch actually It's good. That's one. a Christmas actually, movie. This is a uh, on on theme with. Uh, the criterion that we're doing here, which one? Uh, Betty Blue. I have the D- the old DVD, and now mm-hmm. there's a brand new Blu-ray that has come out. And now it's like, why did I ever buy this DVD and I never watched <laughs> it? And uh, now, I, if I want, I mean, I should be watching it the premium HD
1: presentation.
0: S- so uh, I mean, you
1: should you sh- you should have just watched it before, and then you wouldn't have had this dilemma where you'd have to double dip and buy it again.
0: Oh, here's Chatterbox, which is about a talking vagina. I haven't seen that. Uh, okay, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, hmm, oh, there. Oh, here's here's one of those ones that fits into that thing I was talking about. Movies I bought for cheap and never watched. The Class from 2008, uh, directed by Laurent Cantet. The dynamics of a multicultural class and its teacher will enlighten. <laughs> teacher and novelist Francois Begadeau plays a version of himself as he negotiates a year with his racially mixed students from a tough Parisian neighborhood. There's a, That's see. It's one of those movies. It's like, when am I going to get around to watching it? I've heard it's great.
1: You should watch it right now. Maybe watch it right just now. Just stop P- recording. I'll oh, 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 watch no. it. Well, I can, I'll wait.
0: I could put it on while, while we uh do sure. this. Do this thing. You know, give it its fair share. So yeah, yeah. that's just on page one of six of uh my this Jeez. list. Yep, it's uh pretty Jeez, pretty. Oh, and actually, one of the oldest ones, the the decline of the American Empire denny Arcan's movie i've had that what happened to it i still have it It, i don't even know if it'll play it's an it was a bad old rental so it could be real real disappointing when i finally do uh settle down with it Mm
1: -hmm. you i mean the american empire what happened to it it declined oh just that easy eh? uh
0: here's some live chat my sister just asked me are there any good movies about gandhi
1: well, there's that one movie. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Gandhi. Yeah, there's Is that a good movie? I think
0: uh, it's got that Ben Kingsley. I mean, or there's a UHF. Sure you get the Is real Gandhi sp- UHF? you get the real story of Gandhi.
1: Oh man. See, I don't know UHF that good. I can't oh, remember So you'll have to speak for both of us on that front. All right. You got any movies? Uh, I've owned a copy of The Creeps by Charles Band for like 2 years now. Okay. And I I don't know. I'm just saving it. One day I'll watch it because I feel like it partners or pairs up with our our shtick pretty well. But mm-hmm. the day will come. The day will come.
0: Frank continues. Before I got started on this unwatched films binge, I made a valiant mm-hmm. choice to follow in your footsteps and to step into the world of the terror. It's a good show and it fits well with the other two recommendations that I've enjoyed, those being True Detective and The Sopranos. One thing that I realized, though, while watching is how throughout the show, I never felt like the actors were actually cold. As the show progressed and the characters began to show the symptoms of frostbite and the other cold-related illness, I never once felt convinced that their ailments were not makeup and that they were due to freezing temperatures. After looking up the making of features on YouTube, I wasn't too surprised to realize that the Arctic landscapes featured in the show are almost entirely artificial. And then a day later, I watched Larissa Shepetko's 1977 masterpiece, The Ascent, which takes place during the winter and significantly below freezing temperatures. It's amazing how anyone survived the making of it. But then I thought, well, my Canadian compatriots live up there in those mm-hmm. temperatures. And so I was wondering, did you guys feel that the terror was cold? And for Jarrett, if, if you'd made or one day make your take on uh, the Franklin Expedition, would you take every opportunity to make your cast suffer the blistering cold in order to make it authentic? Uh, first up I, th- I believe When I was talking about Watching the terror I had made the comment That I never felt That people were cold enough mm-hmm. And then I would put them In fridges So mm-hmm. I think that answers Those questions <laughs> mm-hmm. um, And yeah I'm glad that uh, Frank did watch uh, Larisha Serpico's, uh The Ascent Because that movie is Awesome and Part of the Eclipse collection uh, Yeah did Where were you RJ? Did you ever have any issues With lack of cold To uh No oh. No, you're good. no, I
1: mean, like, I get it. It's like, yeah, it'd be cool if you put them in freezers and stuff, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, I'm also kind of pragmatic in the sense, or what I'm trying to say is, I feel like you couldn't really do that unless you had like Werner Herzog and mm-hmm. a couple like super method actors. I don't think you'd be able to do it. Yeah, maybe if Werner Herzog and Jared Leto were making a version of the terror and Jared Leto played every role. Then I think you could probably go up there. But uh, other than that, I mean, I thought it was fine. That's what acting is, right? That would be pulling an RJ playing all the roles. I do that from time to time.
0: Finally, it seems as though we have another fan of capes waving a fine Mm. five-star rating, Colin Richards, AKA first time, long time has attested to the fact that capes is a fucking banger and deserves world recognition <laughs> along with my five stars. Wow. And Mike Robertson's who's also the co-director. It's got a nice yeah. 15 star tally in <laughs> fucking credible mm. RJ. We're waiting for you. Have a good one. Creeps. I'm
1: just, I'm just unsure of, what to do with that thing. I, I I do possess a copy or the access to it now. Yeah. Yep. I'm just... I just don't know, Jarrett, you know? You're scared? You're nervous? Yeah, I'm a, yeah I'm a little nervous. I, I don't want to watch it and then come on and you'll be like, what is it? And I'll be like, you ever seen the 2019 Hellboy? <laughs> and you'll be like, why do you bring that up? And I'll be like, well... Well... Well, uh, I, I will get to it. Uh, this week I was a little busy. I watched one movie and it was five fucking hours long, so... I don't really have time to uh, get to anything else, but eventually, soon, maybe over Christmas. Mm, maybe, maybe. Well, because well, Andrea said she wanted to watch it, too, to add uh insult to your injury. Um, so she'll watch it, too, with me. But uh, we got to find a time when we can sit down, do it proper, get a big bag of chips, and uh, mm-hmm. really tear into some capes. There you go. So it'll come.
0: It'll, it'll come. come. Mm-hmm. Well, RJ. Thanks, Frank, everyone. Well, mm-hmm. RJ? RJ. What you been creeping
1: mm-hmm. on this week? Some more Gabagool, Jarrett. A lot of Gabagool. <laughs> uh, what season are you on? Season two? Uh, oh, we're come on. We're halfway through season two. That's... Oh. Hey, these are full hour episodes, my friend. Yeah. Well... There's seven um, days
0: in a week, RJ.
1: I, I realize that. But there's been a few days, like yesterday, I had to stay afterwards for... Uh, co-curricular activities in basketball. And I was at the school for about 16 hours yesterday. And when I got home, I went to bed. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired. No. So we didn't get any gabagool in last week or last night. But we're about halfway through through season two. I think we're doing pretty fair. Pretty fair. Uh, Sopranos is awesome. I've mentioned before. It's so good, Jar. It's so good. <laughs> if you ever re- want to re-watch and just like watch good shows, I recommend it. But... That said, uh, we did fit in. Uh, this uh, this took away this took away four episodes we could have watched of Sopranos. We watched that Irishman by Martin Scorsese. You know about that Irishman? I've heard about it. What's your read on this movie?
0: Um, I have low expectations because it seems like it's been in production for so long. Everyone mm-hmm. everyone's so old. Everyone's just like mm-hmm. at the end of their lives. They're de aging people with their big uh-huh. old old man ears.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I saw uh, Reich Marbertson uh, yeah. talk about that, and uh, it's like that's a pretty astute observation. And there's even the thing too is like I think they had to have been aware of it because there's a joke in the movie about people who have big ears. Yeah, and then it's like, hey, now you're just looking at ears. Yeah. So so when I mentioned earlier a movie it was i okay i don't know if i'm naive i didn't look into what the irishman was about but i had no fucking idea and i don't think this is a spoiler to anyone but me did you know that this movie is about jimmy hoffa
0: yeah because it's right in the trailer
1: i never watched the trailer i don't watch trailers
0: yep yeah it's right in there and I'm, al Pacino is mean, jimmy hoffa right
1: yeah but i didn't realize like that's what this movie is about it's mm-hmm. about jimmy hoffa teamsters like, the whole thing yeah and I was like, I didn't realize that was it. Like, I mean, Robert De Niro, it's about him. But like the bulk of his story is about him being with Jimmy Hoffa. So right. I was watching this and I was like, this movie is about fucking Jimmy Hoffa. Have you like, ever I seen Hoffa? No, that's with Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, David not... Mamet. Ooh, David Mamet. I'd rather watch or I'd like to watch that. And and we'll and, hear...
0: and Frank Reynolds.
1: Frank Solano? Frank Reynolds. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito? No. Yeah. Hey, I saw a kid the other day with a Danny DeVito uh, picture tucked on, in their phone case. So it was like a see-through phone case, and it was a picture of Danny DeVito in the back. Oh. He's, he's hip with the kids now, man. <laughs> uh, the Irishman. We we did it. We watched it in one sitting. It was quite a quite the the chore. But number, I guess. Uh, I'll just say this. I'm glad I watched this at home via Netflix. Yeah. Because I think if I was in a theater— I would have got a little bit tired, I guess, from being in the theater for so long. It was nice because we watched for an hour, we paused it, I went upstairs made a little popcorn, okay. came back downstairs. I
0: got to ask you something here though. So this yeah. this is confusing me. So this movie yeah. is called The Irishman, but it's not because oh. <laughs> it's because hey. the the book that it's based on is called mm-hmm. I Heard You Paint Houses. Yeah. And when the movie starts, the title is "I heard you paint horse- or houses. horses, 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 uh, houses." Yeah.
1: So, but why? I think you know what? I bet it was. I bet maybe Netflix rebranded it.
0: Well, they did. I mean, but but it's also been known as The Irishman for a really long time, mm-hmm.
1: like for yeah, years. Yeah, I think it seems. that's it's tremendous horseshit for a number of reasons. Here's my biggest. Okay, wait. I got to tell you what I think about this movie before I get yep. into my biggest gripe. I thought it was fine. No, yeah. like uh, it's got it's got good Scorsese stuff in it. Like here, was the thing. Remember when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out and everyone was like, "Well, it's a lesser Tarantino," and uh, I was like, "Hey, I'll take lesser Tarantino over anything else any day of the week." Right. Same same deal. I would take lesser Scorsese over anyone else. Sure, any day of the week. So it's got good Scorsese stuff in it, but to on the whole, I was kind of like there were things about it that kind of. Yeah dampened it for me more than anything else so here here's my biggest gripe it's not the de-aging cgi because that's pretty ridiculous uh like i don't know i think i'm being more critical about it than like because i was talking about 2019 hellboy and how that had bad cgi but i was like i didn't care during that because it was a trash movie and i wanted trash food this movie like they don't use it that much but some of the scenes where it does pop up I think you dip into that uncanny valley stuff, and it's a little bit like, like there's one scene with Robert De Niro when he's playing like 18 years old, and he's there for like five seconds. And I, I was just thinking, I was like, why is that in here? Like, why does that have to be in here? And couldn't they just find an actor to play him? Couldn't they find an actor? Like they did or could back they, in the day. Yeah, find an actor. In other to play movies him?
0: that they still make where they have, hey, let's just get another person to play that role when he's 18. Yeah.
1: Just get get fucking anybody. You could have got like why Clint they, Eastwood's
0: kid. I mean, so nowadays you'd have, uh, I guess, Ray to be de-aged in Goodfellas. <laughs> you, when would he's, when he's a kid. you would
1: have. You would have. Because we have the and technology so like, now. And well, this, that's what kind of like gripes me about it a little bit is uh, some of them. They it doesn't look too bad. Like the uh, the stuff with Joe Pesci. Uh, I don't think his looks bad. It's just. It's way more noticeable for Robert De Niro because he's playing himself like in 20 year intervals and you see like this big swing. So the young one's weird. But all of that aside, the aging, whatever, it's I didn't really I thought it was kind of silly, but it's not too bad. Here's the thing that's really bad, Jared. What color are Robert De Niro's eyes? No clue. They're brown. Yeah. When you watch this movie, you'll say, whoa. Yeah. Blue. Robert De Niro's got a weird, weird eye color. Like, they're blue. What is that about? They CGI'd his fucking eyes to this, like, bright blue. And it is so distracting, dude. Like, I'm not, I am I know I always get worked up about things that aren't there. But yep. I swear, <laughs> when you watch this movie, because I'm not the only one who noticed this. Friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, also said he's like, yeah, it's really distracting. He's got CGI blue eyes, and it just doesn't match his body. And it's kind of like off-putting. And I feel like the reason they did that is because he's like, well, he's Irish. We got to make him look less like Italian. Yeah. Somehow we Robert, better give him blue yeah, eyes. Let's,
0: let's cast Robert De Niro. <laughs> and Robert like, like, Niro. like Marty has done in the past and get him to uh-huh. play not Italian
1: men. I- exactly. And it's like, the thing too is like, why couldn't, is there, is there no Irishmen in the world who have brown eyes or is it just they're like, well, no one will believe he's a, Irish it's like it's a movie who cares doesn't matter if you like I mean they should maybe they should have got an Irishman but I don't know I I thought it was super distracting dude and I think you will too like you you'll probably you won't feel it as much as I did but when he's on screen and he's got his blue eyes there and you're just like oh because it's kind of like it gives him the appearance that he's like soulless like it's an empty vessel and there's nothing going on and you're just like whoa you're like this guy's not human anymore so that, that being that's said. that being said uh it's fine like it's it's good Scorsese stuff you get gangster stuff you get some teamster stuff all the Jimmy Hoffa stuff is really well done like I think um I think Al Pacino is really good in this movie and Joe Pesci is really good too but he's a uh, Pesci's not in it like that that much uh Al Pacino I think is uh the big winner in this one and then Robert De Niro is there I, I don't know there's uh there's lots of other guys that you see too, and I know you got a lot of like mobster alums from other uh, like Scorsese films or Sopranos. Uh, my boy Silvio, Steven Van Zandt, he he pops up in this for like a second. So you got guys there. They're just they're around. It's it's good. It's it's like I said. It's better than uh, better than a lot of the other shit out there. But uh, I I walked away from it. I'm. I don't think I'll ever do this venture again, maybe in many years. But uh, if dollar to dollar, I'd rather just rewatch Casino. Oh, of course. I, I mean, who wouldn't rewatch Casino? But that—that that, my point is just like, I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I, I'd watch it again one day. It's just in in the pantheon of Martin Scorsese films. It doesn't go up uh, super high for me. So I think this will help your viewing, too, because if I painted in a light where because you said you had pretty low expectations and if i echo that a little bit you'll probably go in and you'll be like yeah it was good you you might take more out of it maybe 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 so i don't know that's that's my read which i feel like i don't think is that far off from a lot of people's
0: yeah it seems like
1: yeah i don't know what you would uh give this star rating to or anything like that but who me yeah i mean i would say i would say it's still a solid like four star movie just because of a lot of the stuff in there but i don't uh, know i would say say something's fine (laughs) three
0: let's say three that's a big drop
1: let's see okay uh i don't want to split hairs and say three and a half i'll I'll just stick with it let's just say three okay how about that but i also don't do star ratings anymore i've completely abandoned it
0: i don't even do mics you're you're above that
1: I'm just over it, you know? Because people would comment and be like, what do you mean three stars? And be like, get out of (laughs) here, you. Or make other comments, but, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Derogatory. Sure. A lot of people target me for uh, my shtick. But I'm okay. That's uh, the – heavy is the crown, (laughs) Jarrett. Heavy is the crown. So uh, I know know you'll watch it eventually. Yeah, probably. But my biggest takeaway from this was, man, I'm glad I didn't go to the theaters to watch that. Because as kidding. much as it's a as a Scorsese movie, it still feels like a Netflix movie, if that makes sense. That's kind of in my fear all along. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a Netflix movie. Like a very long
0: episode of a show.
1: Mm. Very flat.
0: Not that great. Yeah. Like yeah. us.
1: Yep. So that that was it. I just I took on the big dog today, which was the uh you know.
0: I took on a bunch of little dogs.
1: Ah, uh, any good? Well,
0: let's find out. First up, okay. I watched The Death of Stalin. Um, oh, that's supposed to be okay. Yeah, it's supposed nope, to be it's okay. Not. It's adequate. I don't know. So, uh, Death of Stalin, okay. it is uh, Armando Iannucci writing and directing. He is the guy who does that Veep show or did that Veep show, mm-hmm. which was okay. I liked his earlier stuff, like the thick of it, uh, in the loop with uh, James Gandolfini. As well, and uh, even See? earlier on, he did uh, his one show, the Arm- Arm- Armando Iannucci show, and uh, so I was kind of excited to watch his movie, The Death of Stalin. It sounded like some good mm-hmm. old Stalin jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi as Khrushchev, and a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. uh, comedy alumni like Jeffrey Tambor is in there. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of people. This was nothing great. It felt like a prestige comedy. Like the movie, the movie looks like a serious drama. Uh, Like a lot of effort was put into the production of this, but boy, it just, it never was that funny. And I remember when this came out, it seemed like people were like, seemed to be kind of overcompensating by talking about Mm -hmm. how good it was. But watching it, I was like, huh? Like this is like, does it start getting better? And it never really did. I was, really, mm. I was actually really let down. I, I, I kept holding off and watching this because I was, a, I wanted to save it. And then I got to it, and I was just, mm,
1: no thanks. That's a, that's a bummer. That's why you should never have high hopes for anything. I,
0: exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I watched mm-hmm. that, and then I didn't want to get off the couch. And I continued uh, on to some other Netflix things, and I was going to watch something. And then I saw yeah. The Fanatic. Oh, yeah, uh, I am Moose, A.K.A. Moose, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. film brought to you by Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit, his directorial debut in this film, starring John Travolta as a true sad bastard, so yes. su- like just such a sad bastard who, for mm-hmm. some reason, has like really interesting contemporary taste in some music where there's a scene where he's listening to this one group called Lebanon Hanover. And it's like, what the fuck is he? Li- that doesn't make any sense. This guy would never in a million years listen to this song. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. I just, I, that, that, this movie, RJ is so fucking weird. I, I, is, it? What, is it, it good? No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's, it's a bad movie, but I watched it all. Because uh, I just kept like going along with it because it's competently, it's competently made in the sense that you know, you know, the, the lights were, shots were lit, the camera mm-hmm. ran, uh, the actors all showed up, but it is just a, a baffling movie. I have no idea what the ideas were going on behind it. And I've, I mean, I've seen John Travolta act well before. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll <laughs> do it again but it seems like he's been on a real uh, losing streak Uh, going along with these like mobster movies. He was in that Gaudi recently. Which is like legendarily bad apparently. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I I wasn't going to watch it. This Fanatic though, I had to, especially when it was Mm -hmm.
1: right available on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I, I I don't blame you for a minute, dude.
0: Do you know the gist of this thing though? Like are you, so all it is is John Travolta, Moose, mm-hmm. he's a big fan of this guy who is like a C-list horror movie star at best, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's just obsessed with them. And that uh, sounds good. It does, doesn't it? But yes. nothing about the making or telling of the story is any good whatsoever. It, John Travolta is just doing a parody of a character. Uh, there's, I think, in the one of his first lines of dialogue, I think, is he goes into a like memorabilia shop. Where apparently he goes all the time. There's some very kind of terrible dialogue and acting happening. It's actually reminds me of that Pottersville movie that Oliver oh, said yeah. I should watch. That son mm-hmm. of a bitch. And uh mm-hmm. the Fanatic feels exactly like that. Where it's but not even that movie's like actually particularly poorly made. This isn't even that. There there I fell asleep for 20 minutes. I'll admit. I did I completely <laughs> zonk out I and I didn't feel the need to That's rewind. Good. I didn't care. He's mm-hmm. a, so he's a he becomes he turns into a stalker. He has a bad altercation cool. with the actor because he doesn't know about boundaries, and the the actor's kind of a douchebag. Um, and uh, soon he finds out where he lives using star, like a star app, where he can find out where all the stars live. And he starts like going into the house and. One thing leads to another. And now he's like in the, he's sleeping in the room with them somehow. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, a, I, I sleep pretty well. I'm, there's never a time in my life where I'd be so zonked out that a man would like just, you know, s- saddle up beside me and fall asleep. And I, well, wouldn't, I wouldn't notice for several eight hours, unless you have
1: an admission to make now. Well, I, I was gonna say, I mean, you've never noticed with me, so I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too highfalutin' and yeah. hot toddy over there saying things like you know with certainty. Mm-hmm. But uh, you make this movie sound pretty spectacular, dude. I don't know what the issue is.
0: There's and then then there's the violence that happens, like oh. totally out of the blue at the end of the movie, uh, involving <laughs> John Travolta's hand getting blown off, <laughs> and it's just like a horror movie. And then he gets stabbed in the eye. <laughs> but by the actor defending himself (laughs) and then he Hmm. and he walks it off uh oh and then on top of it, there's like a dead housekeeper who's just like a complete nothing she's just dead and it's like oh did they even care about this was this a setup this movie is such trash it's not even like so good it's so bad it's good it's um it's just what what happened John Travolta's like presence. And there's times where his like his accent and his like trying to play a differently abled man. Uh oh really uh it, really slides in and out depending on when he remembers.
1: Is it kind of like uh riding the bus with my sister? No, the Rosie O'Donnell. I, uh, that,
0: that's that that sounds like a good time.
1: You should watch that with your uh with your movie club one day. And tiptoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. should watch both See, of those. Was hoping, that was a year ago almost. I know.
0: I was hoping for, ho- some, I was hoping that The Fanatic would be along those lines, but it never really quite yeah. hits those uh, levels of ridiculousness. I follow. Yeah. That's too bad. It's too bad. It's too bad. And then, so I was like, I was realizing I was building these like red movie posters on my letterbox. And I was like, mm-hmm. what else am I going to watch? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know. I want to talk about that oh, yeah. movie that RJ's like, you know, you got to watch it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why people are uh, busting Hellboy's balls. It's it's a pretty decent Kate. flick. It's a good movie. So I went over. I hopped over to Amazon Prime, loaded uh-huh. it up, and uh, there were some connection problems. And I had to like uh, restart my Fire Stick. And maybe it was like overloaded mm-hmm. with my personal data that they're harvesting. I don't know. Sure. And uh, so I got it working, and I started watching Hellboy, and it opens up. With, like, some, some dead peasants, and it's got Ian McShane doing a narration. Our story begins in the dark ages, called that for obvious fucking reasons. And it's like, oh, I see. And uh, there's like a bunch of like, like kind of fantasy bullshit with, uh, which, yep. like, I've read the comics, and this is like totally uh-huh. right out of the comic book, but it yes. looks so it- ugly. It's so ugly looking. And, uh, Mm-hmm. the the evil sorceress woman she's saying no, wep- no s- mortal weapon could do anything against me and then C- King Arthur pulls out a sword and then she has to go Excalibur because we're idiots and then she yes. gets and then she gets dead and then she gets chopped up off camera and her remains mm-hmm. are put into boxes and shipped across the world sure and, and then we jump to Mexico <laughs> and uh, and then for, it's Dirty bum heroin addict Hellboy that we've all seen in the trailer. <laughs> and oh, went, yeah. And went, what's up with this? And I, I honestly, like, what's his name? The guy playing uh, Hellboy David this time Harbor? out? I could, I could barely tell the difference between him and Ron Perlman. He was, like, sure. he was fine. Like, he was just, mm-hmm. like, no real charisma one way or another. He was just there. And we had this, like, shitty luchador scene with him fighting a vampire. <laughs> and, the like, vampire, yeah. like, he's a former agent who got turned. It's just nonsense. And of then, course. uh, yep. then he goes, and then that's it. And then they have like a, a funeral or something for him. Cause they're, they're all sad about this agent mm-hmm. dying. Yeah. Oh yeah. His name's being carved into the wall of dead agents and Hellboy looks at it in slow motion. Like it's a failure. And then oh, we yeah. get introduced to Ian McShannon the person. And I'm just going to go out and say this. Ian McShane in Hellboy or in, Hellboy, in Deadwood is fantastic. Great performance, uh, there. And playing then Al- there's Ian Al- McShane, the pl- and then there's Ian McShane and everything else. Um, yeah, like you know, Al Swergen, he's great, but now he's this persona, and it's oh, it's awful. I hate, I hate Ian McShane. I fucking, I can't stand him. He's shit. He <laughs> you I hate, should I, see
1: him in American Gods. Oh, I can only
0: because he just plays the same thing. It's just yeah. this broad and shouty, like a version of Al Swearingen that Mm -hmm. just sucks i so he has he's just always talking and pontificating in his scenes because he's the he's the head of the organization and uh fuck oh then we get a flashback we get a flashback to like where hellboy came from again and uh, again we get like rasputin just gets like fucking jobbed out He's like yes, he does. He's like well, he's like a the, the one of the pinnacle characters of the uh, Hellboy universe, and here he, this one, he's just a loser, just a uh-huh. loser. And it's like, why are they going down this route? Everything about this looks like crap. It looks so bad. Uh, oh yeah, I tapped out about thirty five minutes in. It was kind of after they're doing the wild oh, hunt. Know. They're doing the wild hunt. to go find giants, and then they betray him. They betray yeah. Hellboy. They stab him a whole bunch. And, he's just, and Hellboy's just running around. And you're like, wait, he just got stabbed through the chest. Hellboy's not invincible. <laughs> Multiple times. Oh, yeah. He got, like, speared up, like, real deal. And uh he's fine. He wastes those guys. Mm. And then the giants come and they kill those guys. And he goes, oh, I guess you just needed my help after all. Because he's Deadpool. He he's, he quips. <laughs> And, uh, uh, so yeah, I was, and then there there was like another, there there was another action scene coming up with him, like fighting these giants. And I was like, Mm no, no, I'm, I'm
1: not watching this. I, I don't need this anymore. Mm, I think that's too bad because I think you would, uh, you were just about to get to where you would have really taken off with this. Did you at least fast forward to the end and see the giant monsters? No. Or did you at least Google the giant monsters? Well,
0: I've seen them in the trailer. They're, they're neat, but man, Mm -hmm. what a... What a wasted movie. Like I get like so this kid. Here's my here's yeah. my thing though. Okay. So this movie uh-huh. sucks, but it's like I felt the same way about Black Panther. Like these movies, yeah, like I just don't like them. I just don't like these movies. Yep. But I see this like false equivalency of people saying that, well, that movie like Marvel movies are great, but Hellboy's terrible. I was like, no, folks, they're mm-hmm. all they're all bad. These are like not these are children's movies and no one should be watching them other than children. But obviously, mm-hmm. It's a billion-dollar industry, and they're not going to stop, but uh, it seems like Marvel's kind of edged out the ability for non-Marvel movies to uh, do this sort of thing, unless it's Joker, yeah, which mm-hmm. is going down a completely different route, and that can make a billion dollars too. So what I'm saying, yeah, this movie, like it truly lived up to the, the hype of uh, badness, and I was oh, I like see. going, thanks, R.J. I was going to watch it eventually, but uh, yeah, you, gave me, you gave me false hope. Speaking of expectations, you give me a little bit of like, well, I'm gonna find out for myself, and real quick, it's just nope. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, here's the thing, I stand by what I said, and I think you actually supported a little bit when, with you saying it's just like all the other shit, and like that's what that's all I was trying to say too. I was like, I think it's fine. I was like, I don't think it is like any worse than a bunch of these marvel movies and like my point was yeah that cgi is pretty bad but uh also, i think i also talked about how i watched this after night and fog at like 5 a.m and i was just like yeah i was like this is this is the thing i need right now oh I'll, I'll say that <laughs> so, i
0: think uh one of the reviews i liked uh, also mentions that it's very uh king's and so per- oh, yeah, that's sure. a perfect description of this and uh yeah that that shit sucks too <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean I watched the first one and I thought it was fine.
0: That yeah. that's my whole
1: point is just it, they're all fine. <laughs> like are they great? No, no, no. But uh no. it's kind of like what you said. People think those Marvel movies are fucking like doesn't Black Panther have like a 98 or something like that or oh, or yeah. even like 100%? Yeah, and then Poor Hellboy's got a 13. It's like, well, I mean, I'm sure Black Panther's maybe a little bit more polished up than uh this Hellboy thing, but let's let's call it like it is. They're they're both like in the middle of the ground there yeah i mean in my in my views i haven't even seen black panther i'm just going off of what you said oh you still haven't i'm glad you watched it though no i i mean and i don't think i will because i haven't watched the last like other than Endgame. i didn't watch the last i think three or four that came out like ant-man 2 black panther whatever the other fucking one was i'm i'm pretty much done with them too took me a little longer than you did but I'll watch the big ones uh when they come to oh no, they're not gonna be on Netflix anymore. Never mind. I was wondering. Um, I, maybe watch I was wondering
0: with the, the Kingsman King service what I actually gave it when I w- did watch it after the fact. I didn't three? mind I didn't mind Four. it at the time. Three, three stars. It was fine, but yeah. That stuff like that's like that movie's like so much older now and that sequel horrible, horrible looking movie. Mm. <sighs> okay. Um uh, Well, I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, Good job. Got it out of the way for you. I watched uh, John Waters' polyester. I wanted to watch it. So that's a Criterion that I'll we'll be watching Future. 12 years from now. Uh, yeah. I wanted to watch it because it has uh, odorama cards. You can watch. There's, yeah. like, there's times where like a number comes up and you're supposed to scratch the card, and it gives you a sniff of what they're mm-hmm. smelling on the screen. Uh, the odors are very inaccurate. They're very. It's, mm-hmm. I think those are probably the same color or it's the same odors that they've been using probably since the eighties and they want to keep that with it. Cause otherwise people would complain. Cause I think, um, the science of, uh, creating synthesized Odor. smells has improved a lot. So, uh, polyester oh. was okay. That's like, it's probably, I mean, of the three that they've put out, it's definitely the, my least favorite, but hmm. we're all just waiting now for pink flamingos and solidifying
1: the fact that one day you have to watch pink flamingos. It'll be great. Dude. You've mentioned this many times. I will not be alive by the time that happens. That's what, eight years from now?
0: Uh, well, at this rate, I mean, it's it's probably, uh, it's like 10. I don't know. It's a long time yeah.
1: away. I mean, dude, you, do you know how many burgers I eat? Like, there's no way I'm going to be alive. That Yeah, you're, that colon. It's, uh, I don't know. What's it's not the, in good shape. What, Maybe yeah. you and one of the friends of the show will have taken over by we'll that carry point. carry on the but, torch. Uh,
0: that will be the R.J. Memorial podcast. Yeah. I'll be long dead. No. I,
1: I'm, I'm cool with that too.
0: No, I, uh, yeah. I did a rewatch. I wa- I rewatched The Long Goodbye.
1: Oh, really? How and come? I just
0: wanted to just watch it. Just for fun? It. Yeah, I wanted something yeah. comfortable that I've seen before but hadn't seen for a very long time. So I, mm-hmm. I watched that. And yeah, that movie, I love. I absolutely, I, Elliot Gould, it, it's like peak Elliot Gould in the 70s working with uh, Robert Altman in that series of movies with California Split, that Mm -hmm. uh, MASH. I've never been crazy, that crazy about MASH, but Long Goodbye. Mm -hmm. It's that Philip Marlowe detective story. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've made you watch this, right?
1: No, uh, for a second, I thought you meant The Long Good Friday. And I was like, why the (laughs) fuck did you rewatch that, dude? I don't know. I don't think I've seen The Long Goodbye. Oh, shit. Is it good? Yeah, it's like good. I mean you're talking about it pretty affectionately. Oh yeah, uh,
0: this this is uh one of, this is like a in that top one hundred of mine.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I mean I think your top one hundred, I think you made me watch about maybe seventy.
0: Yeah. Well on top of well, I mean, the I've seen.
1: seen a bunch. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, there's probably like ten that uh, Shoot, I haven't seen out of that a, list.
0: That's an oversight for me. That yeah, made, I mean, that you have not—I have not made you watch this or lend it to you. That's
1: your one job, dude, is to try to make me watch good movies. I mean, Damn. I edit the pod, I, I do all the emails, and you got one job just to give yeah. me good stuff. Yeah, you write—you write all these emails, for all our fictional uh, listeners. I mean, this podcast itself isn't even real. Like, my mic's not even plugged in. Oh man, you know, none of this is like—it doesn't go anywhere. I'm just talking into a pizza box. That's oh, a, hi, Jared.
0: That's, that's wild stuff. So, so yeah, a Long
1: Goodbye. It is a
0: very new Hollywood uh, 70s movie set in the Los Angeles area. And it's just, yeah, Elliot Gould doing his mumbly kind of talking around like this, talking sideways out of his mouth sort of thing that the first time I watched, I was kind of expecting it to be more of like a typical film noir, which makes no sense because it's like the wrong era and uh yeah it's him like he's acting like a man out of the 40s living in the 70s and adjusting to things His like neighbors are these like four free loving young women who are like just doing yoga topless like right there mm. they, they uh dip candles they have a shop down the street and uh they, they, they're willing really to making pot brownies and he just like hangs out He watches them. He mumbles under his breath. Oh, man, this is such strangeness. And he just goes about his life. He's on cases. His friend uh, might have murdered his wife, and he takes him down to Mexico to help a friend out before he knows that part. The cops are after him. These mob guys are after him. But it never feels super serious until it decides to turn that way, and then it's like some grim stuff. Like uh, sometimes like one of the f- favorite character types of mine is gangster, ty- like those, mo- those gangsters, like the bosses who they're all smiles and sunshine. They're very, they, they present very well and Tony? When, like Tony. And when they want to intimidate, they do some, some dark things. Like this is, this is beyond mm-hmm. the pale. This is like uh that like top tier Tony fucking with people type of stuff. horrifying things and it's just like Mm -hmm. so because it's handled in such a naturalistic uh, Altman style with like rambling dialogue and like these kind of drifting audio tracks it's so much more disturbing because of that Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah I I I still love this movie I've watched it about four or five times I guess in my life and every time I just I like it so much more the the cinematography very unpretentious it does bring attention to itself Mm. but because of that, it just like stumbles across these really great images. The The soundtrack, it's again like that Altman soundtrack where uh, sound comes mm-hmm. in and out. People are talking outside. Like There's conversations going on. You're not really supposed to even hear them, but it just gives an ambience to everything else. And it's got some re- – the, the inciting incident of this film is uh, Philip Marlowe being woken up by his cat, and he has to go feed the cat. And there's it's some pretty awesome cat stuff going on, the The struggle of what being – kind of cat stuff? Some, uh, feeding your cat. It's, and it's like mm. he's trying to he doesn't have the right cat food so he has to like reach in and he's like trying to trick the cat into eating like some regular like like not cat food stuff that it's accustomed to cat knows the difference so he's like oh mm. god so he go he leaves he, at 3 in the morning he goes to the grocery store as soon as he walks to the grocery store lights up a match lights that cigarette walks right in because fuck man it's 70s Live your life. And uh, he, he's looking for the cat food. He's not finding the right, he's not finding the curry brand cat food. He asks a, a guy working, a clerk, uh, hey, where's the curry cat food? He's like, who gives a shit, man? It's all the same. And he's like, well, you don't have a cat. Of course I don't have a cat. I got a girl. And uh, so he found, he buys a can of cat food. He goes back home. The cat's all over him, wants that, wants that food. And, of course, he has the wrong can. But he has this cunning plan. He's going to take one of the old cans that's empty, take the label off, He's doing this while the door is closed and the cat can't see and he swaps mm. the label off, puts the other label on the bag, puts it back in the uh. bag, and then he goes out and says, "Oh, hey, oh cat, I didn't know you you still want to be oh, you're hungry still." He lets the cat mm. in and this cat is just oh, such a charming little man, rubbing up against Can- the wall, rubbing against his leg, hopping up all over him. Oh, so so good. Good cat action. And uh Can he tell though? Well, he op- he goes to open the can that he just popped the l- the label off of, and uh, he filled up, and opens it up in front of him, pours it onto the plate. The cat takes a sniff, nope, and runs away, right right mm-hmm. out the window.
1: And uh, th- I I get it, man. My cat, my one cat, is super picky and like okay. doesn't eat like anything that's not above her very high standard of excellence. She'll only eat cheese if it's shaved like really thinly into like little spirals. If you just gave her like a, a little bit of a thick slice of cheese, she'd be like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you don't care about me anymore? Nope. Fine. You, you, yeah, want, I get you, it. you want this in your life? I get That sounds pretty good. I like movies that are cat-based. Mm-hmm. Or cat-focused.
0: Then he spends a bit of time trying to find the cat because
1: the, cat, the cat's just left. Oh,
0: but does his
1: hat turn out okay in the end?
0: Uh, you'll have to watch and see to find out. Mm, I don't like that. those kinds of talks. <laughs> oh. Bad. Good movie. Okay.
1: okay. Sounds okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's it for the movies I watched. Nice. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad.
1: Are you on any news? I mean, there probably was something that happened in the world, but I don't know no. about it. No, there's nothing that happens in this day and age. I mean, did you hear about any news? Did you hear that? Um. I know
0: that uh, Star Trek writer DC Fontana died. And now that's uh, even on the front page. I saw that yesterday. Now people are finding out. And I'm sure you're Mm -hmm. very saddened by this news and definitely know who DC Fontana is. Being such a heavy Star Trek watcher, the original series...
1: DC Santana as well. See a woman, that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. So Skype doesn't want to hear those lies. No, that was a high quality joke. Yeah. Oh, it was good stuff. Damn. Oh well. It's fine. Damn. Uh, well, I could repeat it. Do you want me to? That's. i I think we're good. Okay. Well, giving you gold, man. Giving you gold. Are you going to watch the
0: Russian? answer to hbo's chernobyl
1: god no no i don't want to see that shit you, you, don't, you don't want to play that game not really you'll probably watch it though right
0: uh probably not unless it, unless it's really good why not i don't know i've got mm. i got other you know you know whatever things in the oven the things that you put in oh. ovens you didn't put your, your partner in the oven, did you? With that being said, RJ, oh God. we got a movie to talk about. Okay. After the break. Mm. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> where, where, where to begin? Uh. <laughs> Hopefully we treat old people in our lives better than the people in this movie.
1: Uh, uh. Getting uncomfortable over here, Jarrett yeah. I love my dog as much as I love for you But for you may think my dog will always come true
2: All he asks from me is the food to give him strength. All he ever needs is love and that he knows he'll get. So I love my dog as much as I love you. But you make the fate, my dog will always come through. All the pay I need comes to shining through his eyes I don't need. Cold water to make me realize that I love my dog as much as I love you. Chi c'è nella mia camera? Sarebbe comodo buttar fuori uno così dopo 20 anni. E vedrà. E intanto paghi gli arretrati 2005. Ho detto
0: 2000 ieri e
2: 2000
0: oggi.
2: Sette persone, sette, sette persone a carico, Padre caridà. Quella spera ci vuole. Ma io non muoio. Al 30 le butto fuori la valigia. Riceverà lo strato. Ah. Ah, ah. Secondo lei ci sarà la guerra?
0: This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Umberto D. from 1952, directed by Vittorio De Sica. The synopsis of the film from Letterboxd, Mm RJ. When elderly pensioner Umberto D'Amico Ferrari returns to his boarding house from a protest calling for a hike in old-age pensions, his landlady demands her 15,000 lira rent by the end of the month or he and his small dog will be turned out onto the street. Mm. Unable to get the money in time, Umberto fakes illness to get sent to a hospital, giving his beloved dog to the landlady's pregnant and abandoned maid for temporary safekeeping.
1: That's, like, pretty accurate for, like, the first third of this movie. Uh, first half. First half? Yeah. But... it doesn't I mean, really.
0: doesn't get to the heart of the matter. It doesn't get to the no, yeah, to the the issues of it.
1: I mean, the issues about leaving the dog to the uh, pregnant housemaid and like all that stuff. That's not really what this movie is like. It's not a main thing, you know. No. It happens. It happens. So I mean, the, the synopsis isn't wrong, but I think they're focusing on yeah. the wrong details. Yeah,
0: that's what you, that's what you get for what we're paying, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. So yeah. So this movie. This is another one of those movies, RJ, that I am fully aware that if I was watching the 2019 equivalent Oscar Dross (laughs) feel-good movie about Mm -hmm. an old pensioner who is bummed out by the failure of institutions to do well by him and other Mm -hmm. uh, people, uh, and his incredibly adorable and loyal little dog, I would be avoiding this movie like The Plague and would not be considering it one of the better films of the Criterion Collection. So... Umberto D, this is a movie that I watched for the first time three years ago. Actually, in the -hmm. the time that we were probably even recording the Criterion Cruise podcast because I just wanted to watch this movie. Yeah. And I wasn't concerned about, I mean, we could have recorded for six episodes and uh, never gotten around to it, but here we are.
1: Here we are. I remember that time because you were talking about it when we were, this is behind the scenery when we were talking about starting the podcast. You're like, one day you would have to watch Umberto D. And I was like, is that good? And you're like, you'll see when you get there. And I was like, ha, huh, we'll never get to 201. But uh, here we are, right? Here, and here we are. I got him again.
0: Here we are. Oh, well. Oh, well. So this movie, it falls into that uh, that strain of film, the the neo Italian neorealism. That was uh, all the craze. Uh, Jessica also makes that movie, The Bicycle Thief, uh, Thieves, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. this is kind of uh, one of those big representatives of that particular movement. I think we've seen a couple off the top of my head. I can't think of any. That's okay. There's, there's, there's those transitions with uh, Fellini. That's always mm-hmm. in the reference to it because Fellini kind of goes completely in a different direction from this sort of filmmaking that Italy yeah. was really focusing on at the time. Mm -hmm. Or at least the filmmakers were focusing on. Uh, Yeah, this movie opens up with uh, a bunch of old men gathering around and protesting the government that's doing them wrong. Which uh, was very, like, apropos, because here in uh, Creepsville, in this neck of the woods, it feels like we're getting close to something similar going on.
1: I mean, the bigger comment would be, has it ever gone away? Have things ever changed?
0: Yeah. It goes in... Cycles? It ebbs and flows, you know? Yes. There's these moments. So watching this, like, and I, watching this again, I actually Mm -hmm. was surprised how much of it I had already forgotten. Like, kind Mm -hmm. of like the in-between stuff. And the movie just felt very different this time out. But my, uh, I still enjoyed it all the same. So, yeah, the movie opens up with, uh, old uh, Umberto and a bunch of other old men. And uh, they're just demanding that the minister uh, just increase those pensions. We need money. We need to be able mm-hmm. to live. And what do they do? Well, you don't have a permit to protest. So here come the cops. Start running, old fucks. And uh, yep. there, there come the fucking cops rolling all around and on their vehicles and chasing you know, 60-year-old men through the streets <laughs> who are like ducking down uh, like alleyways and their dog... Dogs barking at him. It's like shut that dog up. They'll find us. It's <sighs> it's just like oh what a what a great way to kick this movie off, you know?
1: Yeah, and then you know what the real kicker is is these guys are like wow oh, well whatever I don't really need it anyways. They're like I'm doing pretty good, but Umberto D is just like I really needed this. I, I need to pay off my debts, and it's like oh, I've got my debts yeah. paid off. It's all great. Mm-hmm. And then you're like oh no, Umberto, Umberto. what's gonna happen, buddy?
0: So you know he's going to the. I guess basically the food kitchen. The uh Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he's but he's got his dog, his his flike. flake. Uh, oh, Flikes flake. under the table. Oh, he's man. feeding him his scraps, giving mm-hmm. uh trying to run the swindle of uh not making sure nobody knows that he's feeding his dog because apparently people hate dogs in this universe, or at least are very indifferent to this fucking mm. lovely dog.
1: Oh yeah. Indifferent to the to the point of being I don't know, man. Like, who who would have a problem with this dog, you know? There, it's like, who cares if he's going to eat some, like, old-ass broth and, like, a piece of bread? What does it matter? Where's the, give him some
0: gabagool, you know?
1: Give him a little gabagool. It's going to be good for him.
0: Somberto heads back to uh, his room that he's been living yes. in forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he finds uh, these people just making out in there. And he's like, what the fuck? What's going on here? Well, his landlady... She's a real, real peach. Teaches, mm-hmm. uh, has a bunch of opera parties going on. She's trying to socially climb in life and, uh, yeah, she's just renting it out while he's not around and, uh, there's not much he can do about it. He's behind on the rent and she's going to kick him out because she's got plans for this house and mm-hmm. does not care what th- happens to this guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. across the hall, there's, uh, the, the lovely, uh, Maria. She's the maid to this, uh, estate house and- she is dealing with ants, burning ants up, <laughs> setting them mm-hmm. on fire constantly, trying to wash them away with water. But the ants just keep coming. This place is a dump. Uh, it, doesn't mm-hmm. look, it doesn't look that bad. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like a real dump. Uh, like it's not shot like on a location that really feels lived in. But we're told enough, and it feels like, well, you know what? It's a dump, but it's my dump. It's my home. It's where I mm-hmm. live. Where else am I supposed to go? I can, I can make this work. I've lived here my whole life. My, like, I have all these memories. This is what I, I want to keep this place. So you know, he starts selling watches and books, but he's just trying to raise that money—that uh, fifteen thousand liar, Lear, liar, something like that. Whatever. Italian bucks. Fun, yeah, fun Italian bucks. bucks. Yeah. Uh, He's trying to do this, uh, keep it legit. He's got some pride to him still. He doesn't. He's not Mm -hmm. a bum. And landlady's like, no, it's got to be all or nothing. Not no half measures. Mm -hmm. So uh, in this, Maria mentions, oh hey, I'm pregnant. I don't even know who it is, whose baby (laughs) it is, because I've uh, been seeing these two soldiers, one from Naples, one from Florence. Does not know. Doesn't know what he's going to do. And I find that uh, that stuff is actually handled pretty well. For the mm-hmm. era. Because Umberto, he could have been more of a jerk about this, but he seems like he's been around and he realizes life's complicated and
1: this isn't the first time this has ever happened in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit happens, man. I mean, I got lovers all, all across the country, but mm-hmm. uh, who knows where, where they go at night? No. Stuff's complicated. Stuff's complicated. So
0: Umberto, yeah. he's, he starts scheming. He's trying to plot, trying to figure out a way to make this work. Um, mm mm-hmm. He even decides to start playing sick. You know, he starts, uh, he's, he's, getting, he's coming down with something. He's getting that thermometer in the armpit going. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he's able to call the ambulance, but he's also worried about his dog, Flake, you know. He's like, well, I got to mm-hmm. make sure. If, like, at this point, Flake's like just around. He's loyal. He's yeah. always by his side. He's going for walks. All those wonderful little things. He, he gets put into the, um, I guess, the church hospital being tended on by the nuns Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being, he's like, he's not working the system too much, but he's got to get that free room and board free meals because that's the world that we live in. Yes. (laughs) He's got to be, the only place he can be taken care of is uh, hospitals or jail. He never thinks about that though, in the movie, he never thinks about going to jail and, uh, but I guess he'd lose his dog anyway.
1: So, and and, and again, pride, he's got his pride. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of things that come into play here. I mean, you know, (laughs) What about Flake, man? Like, I mean, in the church hospital, at least he's only there for a couple days. He can go back and get him. But that's right. Anywhere else, and so uh -uh. he returns to his apartment,
0: and there's just these workmen tearing the place up, tearing off the Mm -hmm. uh, drywall, drywall, the uh, uh, (laughs) other thing on the walls. (laughs) Yeah, whatever that is, floral floral print, the uh, wallpaper. There we go.
1: Words. Well, one, yeah, one of them's wallpaper, and then the other one, he's like really screeching it, and you're like, "What's he doing?" Scraping away, because because yeah. uh, the the landlady she has met
0: a man of class and character who owns a movie theater, and so she now she can get. Uh...
1: Was that explicitly made clear? There is a. I knew where... that he was in the money.
0: Yeah, no, there. But... He, I believe there is a there is the joke that like he owns a theater, and now she can get like free. She can go to see free movies.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. For some reason, I thought she, she said something like, I just get free stuff now. And I was like, what a greedy bitch.
0: Wow. Antonio <laughs> is, Belloni is her
1: name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's fine, but she's kind of mean to the old man. So I don't feel oh, bad uh, yeah. saying that kind of stuff. No, she's you terrible. Know? He even, yeah, she he, sucks.
0: Yeah. So he's there and he's like, where the hell's my dog? Mm-hmm the door kept getting opened and closed. Oh, the dog too. And fleek. When uh, the ambulance comes and he's like, oh, he gets the ambulance, well, the, the one ambulance uh, man to kind of play with the dog. So the dog's distracted. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't see him leave. <laughs> it's real. Str- struggle is real. Oh yeah. So now, now uh, Umberto's got a mission. He's got, he's, mm-hmm. he's a pensioner. He's got a lot of free time on his hands. He just has no money to, you know, eat and live, but he's got enough. Mm-hmm. He's got to find his dog and he goes looking. He can't find the dog anywhere. You see some interactions between uh, Maria and some of her uh, her suspected fathers of her baby. Uh, one, yeah, 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 and it's like not going well. It's not going well as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Umberto goes to the city pound. Oh boy!
1: <sighs> uh, I'd like you to describe what happens in that scene. So here.
0: it's kind of like it's like a concentration camp, but for dogs. Yes, and, and this happens. All around the world, there's a yes. There's an episode of uh, Louis Theroux documentaries where it is about like uh, the Los Angeles City Pound. Not not fun, not a good time. Very sad. People just don't. People are horrible. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so there's these dogs, and uh, you know he's walking around, and it's kind of like in that downtime, and he looks over into this one kind of uh, storage area, and he's like is this where the dogs get put down? And there's a guy who just kind of solemnly nods. Yup. And he kind of like, it's kind of like hard to figure out what you're looking at, like how this operates. You just see these, like Uh these, these bins (laughs) and it's like, huh, that's Uh interesting. And so he's looking around. There's a lot of like hecticness. He's being brought around to the cages, looking at all these dogs, rows upon rows of dogs, barking excitedly. They want out of the cage
1: and then there's mm-hmm. and then there's always
0: more trucks pulling up there's always more trucks pulling up and these dogs being yanked out of the thing brought into their cages just for their little few you know those few days before there's no more room there's no more room for the mm-hmm. dogs so where do mm-hmm. the dogs go well rj they get put into uh kind of like a bin, you know, they get wheeled, they get wheeled along in mm-hmm. their cage. And, you know, Umberto is looking at this cage trying to see, Oh, is that flight in there? It kind of looks like flight, but I can't really tell. And then he gets brought into that room that we saw earlier. And then they get shoved into the oven. And then the dogs mm-hmm. are like, look, looking mm-hmm. real happy. And then the door closes and then it cuts away. And, uh, the rest is left to your imagination of what happens next. Mm-hmm. So, Fortunately for all of us, mm-hmm. uh, another truck pulls up and a bunch of dogs are being yanked out, <laughs> and uh, one of them is Flake, and he immediately jumps. Oh my God, it's like, Oh, he grabs him. Flake's like licking his face, and we get the cover of the the DVD, Blu-ray uh, mm-hmm. of, of them embracing, and it's like, Yay! There's like still
1: some good things in this world. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, it's that's one takeaway from that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it does. It reinstores hope for a, a little bit. For a little bit, so old uh,
0: old Umberto, he, he's got mm-hmm. he's got his dog back, but he's got no money. He's got no solution to this uh, problem of being homeless. So he solemnly grabs his bag, packs his stuff. He's looking down at the window to the cobblestone. He's <laughs> he's thinking. He's thinking real hard about shortcuts to uh, his problem. Uh... And yeah. uh he kinda leaves in the middle of the night. The maid hears him leaving and she kinda she doesn't know exactly what's going on, but I think by the end of their conversation she's kind of like, Oh, he's leaving. And he's like, Yeah, I'll be living nearby. When will I see you next? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Being very vague. I don't and know. You whatever my stuff is in there, you can just have. I don't need it anymore. So <laughs> yep. like, yeah, I found a new place. It's uh, it's cheaper. It's real close <laughs> by. It'll be great. So obviously Umberto is resolved, well, life's not worth living anymore. And he mm-hmm. goes on his way. He uh he, but he's got this dog. He's got Flyke. He cares about Flike, mm-hmm. So he goes to a a boarding house of sorts. And that's that's being generous. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It, you know what? I've kind of skipped. I've skipped a bit here, though, because there's the whole bit where he's a uh, he was trying to get money together. He see and he sees old colleagues. A little bit. He he, mm-hmm. he he goes to find some friends that still have work, and he tries to explain what the problem is. But people yeah. are, people are busy. They they don't mm-hmm. want to listen to what's going on with your life, the fact that you have no money, because they probably have just enough money for themselves. But maybe that's yeah. even too much money in the grand scheme of things. And mm-hmm. uh it's just not working out. And he's got his but he's got his pride. He doesn't want to tell people how bad it really is, and he doesn't want to like mm-hmm. overstep his bounds. And uh he's being sad and he start, he sees this panhandler. He sees his panhandler asking for money. He's just making up lies, saying, "I've got seven. I've got seven people back home. I'm looking for. Oh, I've got two kids." He goes goes back and forth, yelling at people, abrasively, uh, making people feel bad for not giving him coin. And Umberto just doesn't want to do this. And uh, but eventually, he's like, "I think I've got to. And he starts like, you know, thinking about like just putting his hand out, putting his hand out by people, not even saying anything, just being so fucking sad. And this one guy walks by, and he's about to take some money out, but Umberto's pride. And not wanting to be shamed, he starts like, oh, no, I'm just like, you know, feeling the sun on my hand on both sides. And uh, I can't do it. He just can't do it. And then he kind mm-hmm. of uh, he has a scheme where he uh, gives Fly his hat and the Flake just kind of stands up on his hind legs with a little hat to gather money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he goes and hides behind a pillar. And it's, mm-hmm. oh, RJ, it'll break your heart and uh I know and uh yeah. and then uh and then someone he knows a magistrate or something like that comes along he's like oh no oh, 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 oh flightke just likes to play <laughs> I'm not I'm everything's good everything let's go for a coffee Let, let's go for that gabagool and um, <laughs> so they have a coffee they depart on their separate ways and he's still left and so now we're back to him looking out at those cobblestone roads from his second floor story. And, uh, yeah, he's trying to find a place for his dog, takes him to, uh, the boarding house and realizes this is no, this is not the life for my dog. I can't in good conscience leave my dog here because apparently once the money runs out, they just kick your dog out. Even though who knows, who knows what things these people are claiming, the accuracy of it all.
1: I, well, I like the suspicion where he's like, the dogs are very happy here. We have a boy. He trains them. They're all very happy. And it just keeps cutting to the one aggressive dog. Yeah. And uh, old Umberto's like, okay, tell me more. He's like, everything's good. Dogs are good. Dogs fine. No Get no problem. Money. Dog fine. And then he'll look at the mean dog and he would be like, oh. he's like, wait a minute. And Fl- These dogs aren't trained at all. And Flake he's like, cowers behind him. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's not oh. what you want. No.
0: It's not what you want, Jarrett. So he no. uh, he leaves there. He's just like, no, can't do it. And they're like, Whoa, thanks for wasting my fucking time, bud. That's a that's an
1: Italian. That's a quote. Yeah, he he does he does say that. He's like, we said, uh, let's talk more money. Oh, and then he goes to
0: the park, and what does he do at the park, Jerry? He, he tries to give that little dog t- uh, to a little girl, and uh, he the, does that. That little girl's nanny's like, fuck off! I, this is stupid. We don't. I, I'll be cleaning up dog shit all the time. I don't want this goddamn dog. And so You're
1: real selfish Yeah. You know,
0: so that, that doesn't work. So Flyke he goes to play with some kids in the park and Umberto tries to slip away thinking, well, this is easier. This is the only way to do it. And he goes and like crows across the little bridge and he goes and hides in the bushes and Fleck just comes right to him because he's a dog and he can smell. He's not blind. And he finds him and it's like, Oh my God, I can't get rid of this dog. And then Umberto makes a, uh, a dramatic decision. He can't get rid of this dog. He doesn't want to go on living. So I guess it's we, they're both going out. So Umberto takes Fleick up in his arms. He walks over to these railroad tracks that have been kind of running on in the background around this park. And uh, yes. he stands right by the train tracks and he's looking down this, this train that's barreling down. Flake figures out what's going on and starts uh-huh. fighting the very, uh, very uh, legitimately do- like animal fighting to get out of a, uh, a desperate a grasp, grasp and uh, fights out of it, fights out of it. And uh, Umberto's like, of course, like, Oh God. And it's kind of realizes that Umber- uh, the dogs run away and uh, uh-huh. has fled. Umberto runs after the dog. Flake is uh, wary of uh, Umberto and does not is making him like giving him the the gears, you know. It's like just, you just you just try to fucking kill me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what you, what was that? Why am, I'm so scared? Why did you do this? And Umberto is just like, oh god, it's like come back, come back. Here's a pine cone. Come back, come on, let's hang out. He goes and hides behind a tree, and he's like, come on, coaxing him out, doing all the sweet things. So, come on, buddy, come on, little buddy. Mm-hmm. Eventually, eventually, flight comes around and uh they start playing together and uh you know <laughs> they're they're still homeless mm-hmm. um but they but they're together jerry but they're together as they they play down the park boulevard together and the film re- comes up with fine <laughs> and it's like oh so this a- movie <laughs> it's like i it makes me sad rj i cry when i watch this movie it's, it's so mm-hmm. fucking sad because it's like nothing solved <laughs> like nothing nothing nothings nothing saved nothing's solved <laughs> the problems still remain, and we got this little fucking dog, this wonderful little dog, and this old so, man and anyway so yeah I, I, I think this movie's amazing i love it yeah. um it 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 manipulates me so well unquestionably mm-hmm. and uh yeah i uh it was great to rewatch it i'm uh, I'm not looking forward to uh- we've got some more like sad old people movies coming up soon Mm -hmm. uh and it's like oh no (laughs) oh no uh
1: so one thing is i think that you could interpret the ending in a few different ways and it could be a glass half full or half empty type deal yep but what else do you have to say about umberto d that
0: that's, uh, I mean, I talked quite a
1: bit. That's I mean, a, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did a whole recap. Kind of you mentioning did do a the, whole recap.
0: Doing uh, all the things I like about this movie as like my, uh, uh-huh. the fact I don't usually do this for any old movie because they don't really leave me with a lot sure. of feeling about them one way or another. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think this movie is really good. And I'm curious, RJ, with all mm-hmm. this, this dog tension,
1: and, mm.
0: uh, but it's also dog love. And yes. uh, I'm curious, RJ, what you thought with your uh, first time watch of Umberto D. Well,
1: I can see why you're curious, because I think if I asked, I, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, hey, Jared, what do you think I thought of this movie? And sometimes you're like, I don't know. Or sometimes you're like, tough to say, because it's got some stuff you like and stuff you, you won't like. And that's a fair assessment of this. Uh, it's got some stuff I like and some stuff I don't like. So, uh. I mean, I don't know if I've ever made aware on this podcast before, but uh, the animal stuff in movies, uh, I'm it depends on the portrayal, but I'm usually against it unless it is in the endearing and loving sense. Uh, and the thing about Umberto D. is that this is in the endearing and loving sense. Uh, this movie, Jer, is just a major bummer, dude. <laughs> like, I I was <laughs> I was watching it and I was just kind of like, I think I started sitting and I just. As it went on, I just kind of sunk into the couch a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually, I was kind of just lying down like and it was in a, a physical rea- response to an emotional reaction. I was just like, oh, man, this old guy, this dog, Flike. I, I felt worse for Flike than I did the old man, but that's because I'm heartless or I'm only <laughs> I only care about. Yeah. The animals. I don't. I don't give a shit about people. But I, I did feel for the old dude. So um, yes, it, it is a very good movie. There are some scenes that are extremely difficult to watch. I think like the pound visit is. It's tough to watch, but uh, I. I'm gonna get some heat for this probably, but I'm gonna compare it to Night in Fog. <laughs> and Fog. I, and I know people are gonna be like, "Hey, you can't trivialize." Uh, things that happen to real people. And I'll be like, hey, you know what? This shit's happening every, every day, day all over the world, still to this day. So it's like, maybe you shouldn't trivialize the life of another living thing compared to the life of a human. That's my hard stance. I'm taking it. Uh, but yeah, that stuff was pretty difficult for me to watch because I was just like, ah. like. And the thing is, I know that that's what it's like. I, I know that. that. It wasn't like a lot of the times the problems I have in movies are where it's like unnecessarily like shoehorned in there yeah. or it's like abusive and it doesn't need to be. It's like, I don't like that. But this movie, this movie is genuinely, genuinely about the relationship between a guy and his dog. And it is like the scene has actual weight and importance to the story. So I can get by it with that. All that said was I. Was I looking at the ceiling during these scenes? Yeah, because I was like, I don't want to watch this right now. Like this stuff bums me out like on days where I'm not even watching it, where I'm just kind of like thinking about all the animals, all the all the kitties and the doggos and they're just in their (laughs) cages. And it's like that stuff bums me out so much. Oh, man. So uh, this one. When
0: I went to pick up Warlock. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. I still think about that
1: experience of all these like little animals and cages. Mm. Mm. Not good. So, so like our two cats, one we got from a farm and it was uh, like, it was Andrew's uncle's farm and it was cause all the other cats were killed by a dog. So it was like, it wasn't one of those deals where people are like, Hey, adopt, don't shop. It's like, well, we didn't, you know, we, we took her cause she would have been dead. Uh, but the, with Winnie, it was kind of a weird experience too, because we got her from the shelter, but, um, There was like a a thing that went through there and all the cats were ill. So they like put down all the cats. And when we went to get her, there was only two cats in the in the shelter. So it was like really strange because like all the cages were empty, but not for the reason you would hope that they all got Mm. adopted. And you're just like, oh, no. well,
0: I guess a lot of them go over to that last chance cat ranch.
1: Yeah, our local in Creepsville, we have a local like uh, no kill like save your place, which is good, but uh, that place is getting worn a little thin. Yeah. Anyways, the reason I brought it up was uh, that scene is real tough to watch, and uh, I I'm gonna go so far as to say that um, I think this movie is good. The first half of it, I wasn't as super invested in it until the story went to the end, and it became about uh, Umberto D. and Flyke.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: where this, that's where the this it actually kind of got me because I re- that was one of the things I really got where um it spoke to me Jared it really touched me mm-hmm. because uh I saw a a funny little tweet going around the other day Jared
2: mm-hmm.
1: about uh people that were like or it was like a meme or something it was like something about how you want to want to commit suicide but you don't because your your pet would be sad that you were gone and I was like what a what a relatable thing <laughs> Because there's a I think I've mentioned in the last couple months or, you know, in the in the entirety of the show, it's like, what is this thing that we do in this world? Why do we do it? Why does any of it matter? And then it's like, oh, wait, we can. Uh, there's kitties and puppies out there and they need a nice home, Jar. And it's like, I, I wouldn't want to leave either, because then my cat would be like, what the fuck? Where did he go? He just left us. What an asshole. And I don't want to seem like an asshole to my pets. So that's why I'm not that's why I'm not checking out. Uh, so I found it extremely relatable. But also it's so when you said the ending is kind of a bummer because nothing's changed. I, I will go in the opposite row and I'll say I think the ending is kind of optimistic because the way I saw it, right. my yeah. own my own personal bias I brought to it. I was like, look, the relationship between man and dog is so strong so that it need- changed it- it, it changed him man it changed him to uh want to live again and then they were they were they were buddies again it took a little bit of convincing but they were buddies again so i was like you know what it's not it's not necessarily the ending maybe i wanted but i think it's the best one we could have gotten. I don't know what I would have wanted. I wouldn't have wanted any uh, – what I would have wanted is maybe Umberto finds a lottery ticket, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, boy. And then he buys the dog shelter, and then all the, him and the dogs all eat spaghetti every night together, and it's just like real fun and stuff. That's probably the ending I would have that's, wanted, that's but the, I not that's, that's the good ending? That's the good ending. That's the alternative take yeah. that uh, when Vincenzo – when, when you beat uh, Umberto
0: D on Very Hard?
1: On Very Hard? Yeah, that's the, the alt ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the tough stuff to watch is tough. But I mean, you should watch it. People should watch that, and they should feel bad, and then maybe they won't be bad people. But I mean, preach probably people I, I, who are watching Umberto I, D. are yeah, exactly. probably not people going out there and beating dogs, anyways. Probably, so
0: probably not.
1: That's a preaching to the choir thing. But no, it's it's very good. It is a it is a major bummer, and it, it's tough to watch that sometimes. But I do think there's there's little. Little slivers of optimism thrown out there because you know it's that that connection to, to living things, man, and dogs, dogs and cats, especially, dude. They're on that other level. They tap into different dimensions, Neil Gaiman style. I see. Yeah, but yeah, it's good. It's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I it's
0: uh, I... yeah, it's a movie that uh, on the rewatch, yeah, I was just like, yep, this movie works on me the exact same way now because <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, Getting very weepy at the end because it's like oh, <laughs> so that that's like a lot of it is like manipulation, <laughs> and it's very well done, I think.
1: Oh yeah, like there a lot of it too. Like none of it seems um, but it's genuine. Like it's not like yeah, it's not like yeah, it's sincere. But sometimes like you
0: watch a movie and you're just like oh, that made me feel nothing, and this movie was like oh, played me like a piano. Well,
1: what was that movie I was talking? Oh, Green Book last week in the creeps when I was talking about I was like yeah it's it's like intentionally manipulative it's like but that's what those movies are this one doesn't feel like that at all it's like you actually believe it. it's like this dude just loves his dog and these are think he all he's trying to do is set his dog up with a better life yeah. cuz he's checked out he's like fuck this
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm over this shit but uh yeah it's tough stuff man tough stuff tough stuff
0: mm-hmm. you want to hear from some people who aren't fans
1: uh i ah, people who don't like this movie i i have a hard time believing that it's kind of like what do you, before we even get to it it's like why are you watching this do you know what i mean like why why would you just casually turn this thing on and be like oh yeah a little umberto d let's go for it anyways you tell me about people who hate this fucking thing
0: marcus one okay. star It seems to be a great sin to dislike this movie, but I just cannot understand the appeal of Umberto D. I never laughed. I never cried. I was never surprised or excited. The movies I want to see deal with exceptional situations, stuff that is worth making movies about. I cannot find anything worth mentioning in this movie.
1: I mean, that's super unfair, I think. Uh, I wonder what their, their exceptional films are. You know what I think is weird? Their bio says, I think reviews depend as much on the movie as they do what you had for breakfast that day. Don't take it too serious and and enjoy what you feel like enjoying. But at the same time, this guy's reviews like, there is nothing good in this fucking movie. It's like, all right, dude, whatever. Uh, No five star films, no uh, half star films. Uh, The highest rated films they have are four, four and a half stars. Twelve Monkeys, (laughs) The Wages of Fear. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, a pure formality or una pura formalita a silent partner i don't know what that is and then one star films umberto d burning which is supposed to be good and then the illusionist the 2000s <laughs> uh-huh. like the neil berger film the why is why is <laughs> it okay i mean i watched that movie i didn't think it was great but I, I don't know by any means if it's I, a I feel one star. like I feel, I feel like
0: the Illusionist is like that. That's the first time that movie's been brought up in, in the last in, 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 ten years. Yeah, I think so. Other than in, like, hey, remember that movie the that's world? or it's like, hey, remember that movie that's not the Prestige.
1: Oh, you mean the Illusionist? Yeah. Hey, I had both of those movies and I watched them all the time. Not all the time. I watched the Illusionist once. Uh, yeah, nobody's talked about the Illusionist for probably a hundred years. I would say uh, probably.
0: Probably nightmare Baker, one and a half star okay. meandering
1: fake, deep European bullshit. Whoo! <laughs> okay. I'm going to go to nightmare Baker's. I thought you were going to go to Mazinta's, uh, which was interesting. I, it was someone who gave it a, a low rating that the Mazinta that you didn't mention and the last person both gave the Irishman two stars. Oh. And that person has their personal email in their bio. Huh. So if, uh, You're interested. But, you know, Nightmare Baker, their bio says, you know who I am. I don't. (laughs) Uh, I know that. They don't have many five-star films. uh, But one of them includes Midsommar. Oh. So that'll tell you something there. I mean, the other ones are, they're just De Palma movies. De Palma movies and Jackie Brown. But then Midsommar fits in there for some reason. Fake Deep. For whatever reason. Oh my God. Okay. So this person only has uh, two one and a half star films. One is Umberto D. Do you know what the other one is based off of a hit Stephen King novel? And I'll give you a hint. The audiobook is recorded by uh, Joe uh, Montana. Oh, I mean, Ma- sh- Montana. Oh, crap. I, I can't remember. Because I remember you mentioning that. I can't remember. Joe Montana was a quarterback, you crazy asshole. Uh, the movie you love, Thinner. <laughs> thinner touching noses and stuff so uh, apparently this person thinks umberto d is on par with uh thinner, thinner. okay
0: sure i uh, got another one here two stars from ellie okay. bored
1: literally bored out of my mind hmm they also they just gave a heart to midsummer oh and they say big little lies enthusiast uh that show we got like one episode in and andrew's like this show sucks so they're like all right which, no problem what show is that big little lies okay which this person has logged on letterboxd which is a serialized hbo show so i don't know if this
0: counts but, but if it's one and done it counts no it's not
1: it's 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 in its second oh, season well that's bullshit then it is bullshit because the terror is not on letterboxd anymore either Exactly. It is bullshit. This Big Little Lies. And I think they're going to a third season. So what are your rules, Letterboxd? Uh, This person gave Big Little Lies five stars and then Parasite, Whiplash, Social Network, Nightcrawler. So that's a real niche market of uh, films there. Uh, Half-star films include The Fred Movie. That comes up actually quite a bit. I don't always mention it, but The Fred Movie is on a lot of these people's lists. And then uh, one-star films, let's see here just friends with ryan reynolds oh my god ma that hit movie that could have been the best movie of the year that we haven't seen yet nope no way that's one star <laughs> not f- not from you and me at least no wow that movie we haven't seen yet not yet but i mean we will fred which yeah fred? it was that youtube kid who the r is backwards and it was always like i'm fred you know that thing no it's called fred the movie oh man i I don't know uh you don't need you don't need this in your life jared just trust me on this you don't need you don't need it you don't need it in your life fred the movie okay it's a youtube thing and or like a disney channel thing i don't know some shit like that
0: lucas crawshank huh oh look at that half star half star one star good
1: well, the, and that's what I mean. Like this thing's popped up a lot of times. I just never thought it was worth mentioning before. But it's like you know what? A lot of people talk about this Fred movie, which makes me be, same question. Why are you watching Umberto D. Why are you watching the Fred movie? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very clearly for little kids. I I, I don't know what you're. I don't. I, you I don't know. You got any more brain busting? Yeah, I got I one? got
0: one more. One more. Okay. This, this is a lengthy one. Okay. Two stars. A rewatch by Francisco Silva. This is one of those sacred cows that I really can't stand. I like De Sica, really love the Bicycle Thieves and the Garden of the Finzi Continis, but Umberto D has always struck me as being cheap, sentimental crap. This is for several reasons, but mainly the titular Umberto is not a very likable character. He is deceitful, judgmental, and takes advantage of people when he can. I understand he has not money, but maybe if he wasn't such an irascible bastard, people would be nicer to him. Also, he tries to kill his dog because he wants to commit suicide, and fuck that. was this, RJ? This film does, for me, represent some of the worst excesses of Italian neorealism, which can at times move from social commentary and attempt at presenting the real life of the downtrodden into sentimental pap. The story of a sad man and his little dog feels exploitative while failing to actually move me. Contextualizing this film in a wider perspective, it came out in the same year as Kurosawa's Ikiru, another film about a depressed old man, which is infinitely better, and even being one whole hour longer feels shorter Mm -hmm. and more dynamic than this. That's because you truly love Watanabe and want him to be happy, while Umberto is a non-entity. Um... So, yeah, Akira is one of those uh, future yeah. sad old man movies in Tokyo Story. Look, yeah, I've been looking forward to that for yeah. both of those. You you
1: really like those movies, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't think to a I, point.
0: I, I don't love Akira as much as other people do, but it's very mm-hmm. good.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I've heard you talk about them in some kind of favorable fashion. So yeah. I, I look forward to those. Um, okay, so first off i'll address yeah you know what i i wasn't on board with umberto trying to kill his dog too but i do understand it he was like i tried to do good by this dog he's like you know what he was doing here he didn't want his dog to end up getting incinerated in the fucking pound so he's like we'll go out together is that right i don't know what do you, what's your stance on euthanasia like <laughs> <Wait>, uh <laughs> human and animal oh man I don't know, man. Do you want to hear about uh, Francisco Silva's stance on five-star movies that are not five stars? Yes, please. Last Jedi, Free Fire, call me oh, by free, your name, Free Fire, Free Ooh, Fire. That's that is a
0: uh, oh, that's an out there take because I, I don't know very many people at all who like that movie. That like most people are like that. It's Ben Wheatley, right? And yep. no, no one likes
1: that movie. Okay, here here's the one thing I'll say though. Uh, this person may stumble upon our podcast if they haven't already, because it's tons and tons of Criterion movies. So they do have good five star movies, but uh, here is where I think they 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 strayed from the path. Because I'm not gonna mention the good five star movies like Briggsby Bear, or <laughs> Sacred Deer, or Children of Paradise, mm-hmm. things like that. So those two movies, uh, Free Fire, Three Billboards, Black Panther uh what do we got here yeah. death of stalin a movie you just talked about yep um can't wait There's a whole bunch i'm going back now peeping tom i don't think is five stars uh roma hereditary and then here's a good one for you jer night of the hunter <sighs> Endgame, and then uh the big kicker midsummer because <laughs> you know it's just there it's just there, man. But like lots of Criterion things, it's just all the other things that uh, I think at this point just seem just seem typical, right? Yep. One-star movies include the two Rob Zombie Halloweens, yep, uh, Halloween Resurrection, two other horror movies, and then Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, which <laughs> is just a a movie that just gets shit piled on it left and right. It seems like, yeah.
0: It's boring. It's not terrible. It's boring
1: for sure. Yeah. So anyways, a weird uh, mixed bag of things here. Some good, lots of good movies, but uh, you know, some of those other movies you've been watching, dude, or (laughs) dudette, whatever you is, whoever you are, I I should stop while i my head, right?
0: That that
1: sounds good. Yeah. That's it for the hate.
0: So yeah, none of these people, I don't think really rose any issues for me that uh i would say absolutely I, that's a good point this movie sucks no i don't know it's hard i mean no i liked it it's hard it's hard for me to be even like super critical about this movie because i had such a strong emotional response to it like and mm-hmm. i and i have now twice the same way and uh i think that's uh speaks to the some
1: film craft rj oh are you talking about fine artisan film craft yeah, over there because i don't know if yeah. you know artisanal cinema we haven't had artisanal cinema for a while on this podcast. It hasn't been brought up. Hasn't I've, come up very I've often.
0: Been, uh, I don't know if we, we haven't actually even talked about uh, even during our ghoul schools uh, about this elevated horror.
1: Oh fuck. That's such horseshit. Who, who cares? <laughs> uh, such horseshit. Horror is horror. Don't try to like off brand it into these things to make you feel better that you like it. Elevated horror. It's, it's hereditary in midsummer. It's elevated. It's not. God damn, fucking
0: relax. There, there's a really uh one of my one of my favorite Letterboxd reviewers, uh, PD 187. Mm-hmm. Um their review for that movie, The Hole in the Ground, that came out this oh, year. Yeah. It's like yeah. when when do we get a Wayans parody of this kind of crap called Like a Hereditary Vitch who Babadooked It Follows in the Quiet Place last midsummer, And uh A420 presents Elevated Horror Movie, a New England fuck tale. That's what they are. Yeah. We're, we're at that we're on the cusp
1: of uh Making fun of that stuff, elevated e- horror, e- elevated horror. I mean, it's not what I want, Jeff.
0: I mean, when it's good, it's good. But now, sure. but now everyone's just like, "This is the move
1: that we have to work." When are you going to make your elevated horror film about? Um... <laughs> that's that's well, it's, it's it's a
0: podcast I'm working on.
1: Oh, is it? It's kind of a Pygmalion experiment, isn't it? Where you mm-hmm. try to like educate this like gutter it's nice. sluice. It's, and, wow. <laughs> what is that? Hey, I'm Oof. talking about myself here. Oh, you. <laughs> you know? You know? You, you ever heard? Uh, you ever heard words like that, buddy? Yeah, I have. This is a character I play for the podcast. Yeah. You know. Okay, uh, I should quit while I'm ahead. Yes,
0: sounds good. Uh-huh. Well, I mean that's what people come for an um, bro D review, to learn about um, about uh, elevated horror. Sure. And how, Why, what how, else how, would you need? How, to that's do? all bullshit. Mm-hmm. After the break, we're going to the dog pound for podcasters.
1: I thought you were gonna say we we're gonna fall in front of a train, but I guess it's not like totally happen. No. Oh well.
0: Oh, well. Oh, well. Nice knowing you, bud. Uh, I'll
1: see you in hell. Dog, but our one cat just does not get along with other animals. So, um, we're okay now. But you know, maybe in the future, one year, we'll have some cats and some dogs. Maybe if we ever, you know, go to get to a little like Anchorage or something like that. I like dogs. What about you? Go 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 to the Alaskas. Yeah, we might move to Yellow uh, Yellow Knife or White Horse just because it's like, what's going on in our uh, current province? Not much. Nothing good. Hey, you know what I don't like? I know you're gonna cut in here for a second, but like, you know how dog people are like fucking hate cats but Mm -hmm. cat people are usually just like dogs are cool cats are cool what why not like all of them why's there got to be a a a divide you know why can't you just like all animals
0: because people are tribal minded sometimes and they they, they like making those declarations but then they spend
1: a little bit of time with a cat
0: and then they're just one over
1: those motherfuckers why can't you like both you know exactly just Great. they're all good <laughs> they're all good well
0: except for bad dogs bad dog or well, bad cats there's some, there's some bad cats there's some there's some bad animals out there just like there's bad people
1: oh that absolutely but i mean i could change them No, i could
0: you can email well. us at criterion creeps at gmail.com and tell us about change sure and or your whatever and tell us about your pets people yeah all you people in creeps land tell us mm-hmm. about your animals send some photos
1: i'd love to hear about that Be actually exactly yeah As would
0: I. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on YouTube where we get real great comments from anonymous people. We've got a Patreon. Uh Uh-huh. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Play. All the good things. All Mm -hmm. great. All great. Just like those people on YouTube. Next week, episode 175. Based on our quarter system, RJ, that means it is time for a Criterion Laser Disc. And Ooh, next week, girl. we've got not one, not two, but three Alfred Hitchcock films coming oh, our way. I, what? Can you handle it, RJ? No. Can you handle that hitch? All that no. cock, laser cock, oh. hitch disc, whatever you call it. It is coming oh, at you gross. and it isn't taking no for an answer. We got Sabotage from 1936, Secret Agent from 1936, Young and Innocent from 1937. Young and innocent, we will no longer be after we're done watching these movies.
1: Are Did you, pre- you clear this with me first? Because this is the first time <laughs> hearing of this. Three fucking movies? Are you fucking nuts, dude? So it'll be the, uh, we're going out with class. <laughs> is this the last episode ever? <laughs> Where you say we're going out with class? Like, is this uh, the last we're, one? We're going
0: to be dead. We'll, we'll record that episode, maybe, and then that's it. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. if you put it like that, sure. Yeah. I, I'm bring it on, dude. Yeah, I'm it's ready. A, it's a climax. Oh, I mean, I don't want my pets to be sad, but uh, yeah. I am ready to go. Uh, so.
0: w- w- one of these is on the Criterion Channel, so people can watch along with that one. And if they just can, one, just the one. Yet the other ones uh, will have to be sought out but they're out there a lot of this stuff i think criterion actually has them for you can buy them off itunes or something like that but they're out there people can figure it out
1: what else Uh, you got anything uh, to say about that people can find out however they want to to or watch whatever they feel like you know um uh um what are we doing i don't want to do this three movies we're doing
0: it right Doing it right
1: Doing it right On the right side of town That's where the fart horn comes in